Hello and welcome to Onaski, our sports podcast where we will talk about sports for the next oh, two to three hours. Um, we've got a big show planned, of course, uh, with the, most of the major footy codes either kicking off or finishing. But we've got AFL, NRL um, news with the finals and uh, the final round coming up. Then we'll talk about, about the NFL preseason finishing and getting into the regular season. And then in our final round, we will tackle some boxing news, uh, F1, EPL, golf and the uh, Paralympics currently going on. Um, but first, uh, well, as always, I've got most of the, well, I've got the boys back in Pepsi and Monks, but also Macca is back in the show uh, to join us again. It's good to have you back, Macca. Return. <laughs> to be back, boys. Yeah, a bit of, bit of theme music is always good. <laughs> yeah, look, a lot going on in the world of sport. Thought, you know, what a better way to place to uh, to chat to the boys on the Esky, hey? Talk world sport, everything going on. We're in lockdown. The world keeps going, though. Bloody bloody good to be back, boys. Very good to be back. It's good to have you back. Um, Welcome back. The dogs won. Let's be honest, the Bulldogs won, so I can't <laughs> want to talk about yeah, it. This is yeah. the only forum that will have me now. It's well, already I Wednesday. Imagine, so. I imagine that, that had nothing to do with the timing of this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with that, I think we'll kick off. And as always, we'd like to start off with Shout a Beer. Um, and perhaps I think I'll go to you first for who you shouting out a beer this week. I'm shouting out Alex Johnston, shouting him a beer. Uh, we, we spoke about it last week that he was nipping at the buds of uh, Nathan Blacklock and Reese Wester uh, and one other bloke were, were tied on 25 for uh, the for tries in an NRL season in the NRL era, I should, uh, should specify. Uh, what does Johnston on the weekend goes out and scores a hat trick, uh, so that record is is his now for the NRL era. Twenty seven tries, uh, and he's been rested this weekend, uh, so won't add to that. So 20, 27, 27 club, if you will, for Alex Johnson holds that NRL era record for tries in a season uh, all by himself. And I think he's safe as well with Adokar getting one last week. It's probably three behind, and I think Adokar's dealing with a bit of hamstring or something, isn't he? Yeah, I don't believe Adokar's playing this weekend. But Tommy Turbo hasn't been rested, so I think if he scored about six, he might be able to get it. It's not out of the realm of possibility, but uh, I'm, I'm fairly confident that record now belongs to Alex Johnson. Uh, and look, if he holds it for a week, I'll shout out Tommy Turbo next week. <laughs> I think we'll all need to shout Tommy Turbo if he gets that record, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm going uh, way across the other end of the world. Uh, no shock in going to the Ravens. This is going to be my form. I'm going to talk about my teams. That's the only reason I'm back. Uh, but a bit signed by J.K. Dobbins, obviously second year running back. Uh, confirmed, blew out his ACL in the preseason. Uh, was, I think we can all agree as NFL fans, he was going to absolutely light it up this year. Uh, pretty good rookie campaign. Uh, you know, the best running team in the comp, and he was going to be our lead back. So it's just so sad for a young kid, 21, 22 years of age. Season gone, out the window. So, I mean, he's got a long rehab ahead of him. I don't know if he loves a beer, but uh, the next one's on me, JK. Uh, shattering news. Anyone who got Gus Edwards in their uh, fantasy drafts would be absolutely cheering. Uh, yeah. He's going to get a fair bit of the load. But, um, nah, look, to all Ravens fans, all J.K. Dobbins fans out there, and J.K. himself, uh, I'm going to show you a crispy Coastdale. Yeah, definitely. That actually reminded me as well that um, I'll probably get into this later. There's Todd Gurley still out there fighting around. Yeah, Baltimore native. Yeah. Do you know how old he is? 27 or something. I think he's younger than all of us. <laughs> 27. It's, it's ridiculous. Like, Insane. Todd Gurley. 
How old? Well, he's from Baltimore. Yeah, he because he, he went he came in over the off season. He his body must be that fucked he's for him not to be on a team. Like to not be on any team. Like surely Detroit or fucking <laughs> Jacksonville need a like Todd Gurley. Like he was nearly MVP a couple of years ago. Like yeah, he had yeah. that good a season. Yeah. One, like, one go, fantasy comp. Thank you, Todd. I haven't forgotten your uh, your good services to the Peps Mongrels. It just goes goes to show the running back. Like you know they they go hard. <laughs> they get paid when they can, and then they're gone. NFL, like, not yeah. for long, not yeah. for long, unfortunately. Especially for the running backs, yeah. Yeah. Monks, who was your shout of beer? Yeah, um, this week I'm going to go, I'm going to shout a beer to uh, the Williams F1 team. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about the race that happened over the weekend um, later on in the podcast, but I just wanted to shout the team a beer this week. Um Obviously, after a wild and wet race weekend where we didn't see too many laps, they scored second at the Belgium Grand Prix. This is their first podium since round eight, 2017. So that's 83 races between drinks. So quite a while. Um, That was back in 2017. That was the Baku Grand Prix. Um, Lance Stroll uh, came in third for them uh, at that race. Um, Behind... uh, Danny Ricardo, our Aussie F1 driver, he came first in that race, so probably a little bit of a shout-out to him for, what's that now, four or five years ago? But, yeah, Williams F1 team, back in the winning circle. Excellent. Thanks, Max. And that leads to me. So I've decided to shout-out a beer to Dylan Orcott. Um, he got through his semi-final match to get into uh, the gold gold medal match in the Paralympics for tennis, of course, trying to complete the, the golden slam, as it will. Um, what was interesting, he took on um, a teenager, I think an 18-year-old, who actually uh, looked up to Dylan kind of as a hero growing up. So it was a bit of an emotional moment after the victory. He did go to three sets, so they played. He did lose drop a set um, to the young fella. Uh, but it was really good to show, the say, the, the emotion and the camaraderie between the two after the match had completed. So big uh, shout a beer out to Dylan Orcott, and hopefully he can get a gold medal for the Australian team. Yeah, by all accounts, loves a frog. Uh, big big deal. So I can't imagine he'll be accepting that one before his gold medal match, but uh, possibly afterwards he might accept <laughs> that one and some more. So yeah, that new deal uh, might be t- taking the top of a few Asahis, uh, hopefully with a gold around your neck. Definitely. That's it. And with that, lads, I think we'll get stuck into some of the football codes. And to kick us off, we're going to talk about the AFL. And I guess the big story, um, well, besides having an awesome round of AFL football on the weekend, um, the big story, of course, is Toby Green and getting his three weeks for uh, what do we call it, a shoulder charge of the of the umpire, or or the little little love tap. Uh, I'd call it incidental contact. Is is what I would call it. But uh, everyone knows. Generous. Yeah. It, 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 well, look, everyone knows you can't touch umpires. It doesn't matter if it's a finger or if it's a shoulder or what. And that 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 side angle was particularly telling. That was worse. He, he he made no attempt, no attempt to get out of uh, Matt Savage's way. And I think I think there's two things that surround this this three weeks that they've come up with. Uh, one, Savage was what said it it, it didn't um, bother him too much. He didn't say there was too much intent. He said it was a tad disrespectful, mm-hmm. uh, but he didn't feel threatened or anything like that. And for two, they've gone, let's rub him from a grand final. Three is what we'll come up with. Uh, there was talks beforehand, uh, uh, Jared Waitley was saying on 360, that um, that they, 
AFL was maybe going to look for six weeks, and it's come out in the last 24 hours that they may even try and appeal this and try and push it to six weeks. Um, yeah, Mac, you, you mentioned uh, before that the, the term incidental may not have been strong enough. Did you think there was a bit more in this? Well, I think incidental, you kind of say, it's just sort of, you know, you kind of say accidental, whereas this is a deliberate, he's, you know, he's fired up and he's, he, and he's bumped into him and everyone's seen the footage. The footage I found interesting was, in the GWS sheds after the game. I don't know if you boys saw this. He's talking to Shane Mumford and he's clearly reenacting what happened. Uh, and they're sort of talking, he's reenacted and he sort of bums Mumford. And he, you know, you can see in his face, he's like, ah, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have done it. But it happened, you know. It, Toby Green is probably in the bottom three. He's pro- So how do I word this? He's a pest. He's one of my least favourite players of all time. Yeah. But he would be a top 10 player in the competition, yep. purely yeah. skill-wise. Yeah. Like and I, I tried to limit how high he could go, but you can't leave him out of the top ten. Like he is so influential. He's such a good footy player. Yeah. But this shit that just keeps coming up and it's just so like it's such a bad look. I don't care what Matt Stevich said, like the umpire in question, he he sort of said, I was I didn't feel threatened. He didn't come at me, you know, and, and mm-hmm. Greens came out and said, We talk before every game, he umpires, we've got a really good relationship with him. So, you know, we you can't uh, we're talking off air, off the esky. If, if Pepsi does that playing for Tuggerong on the weekend, he gets six week without even thinking about it. If you shoulder charge an umpire like that, you don't go for a four hour tribunal hearing or however long this thing went for. Yeah. You're gone. The, the pure optics of this thing is disgusting. And I do understand look, he can't play in a grand final now. It doesn't matter if they win out, he misses out the chance to play in a grand final. Mm-hmm. But again, it's three weeks. Like if they do make the grand final, he plays round one next year. The yeah. AFL, like Gil McLaughlin himself, he's supposed to be the the head of our game, the 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 keeper of our game. He has said this is too this is too light. We are appealing this, so it sh- it sort of shows the tribunal. I don't know, like it it just seems like they gave him the minimum, which still does enough, but it did it do in I don't know, did it do enough? It clearly didn't do enough in the AFL's eyes. Um, yeah. Didn't do enough in my eyes. It just the difference between three and four may sound dumb, but at least four, like that's a month of footy. Yeah. That's, you know, a fifth of the season that you, you miss out, that you let your team down. But what do you boys think? Does the sure. tribunal only have um, former players on it? Like, who makes up the tribunal? Michael Christian's the head of it. So he he's a former player. He was a commentator. He's sort of been in about. It's a bit of a revolving door. Like, I think they like a bit of a mix of people. It does have a few. Um, form, I think they like former players because then you can get the, the perspective of, of incidental stuff. But then when it comes to stuff like this, like, apparently GWS have the best um, legal team in the AFL. So mm-hmm. anytime they go to the tribunal, actually, it, like, for shit like this, they actually are very good yes. at it. And, again, off Esky chat, th- this was uh, Toby Green's 22nd charge, and he's missed 10 weeks of footy. Like, yeah. 22 charges for a bloke who hasn't been playing, what, eight years or something? That's that's a lot of times to be reported. And, you know, it's, it's, it's little shit between, you know, wrestling to – he's had a couple of eye-gouging. Yeah. He kicked a couple guys in the head. Yep. Like he's pulled hair. He's now bumped an umpire. He's elbow like it's he's got quite a rap sheet. Like it's not to the stuff of you know Barry Hall or anyone you know you'd think about when you think of being reported, but it's a lot of it's a lot of times to have to front up in a suit and, and plead your case. So yeah. Yeah. obviously they've got a good legal team because he's only had missed ten years. Well, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah. right>. He's <laughs> averaging half, you know, a fine every time he gets suspended. So but, I mean, it, it throws GWS out the window. Like, the, the Toby Green legal term. <laughs> well, exactly. That's who's funding them these days, really. 
But it, but like it, it completely it tells me GWS can't win the flag. The small chances they had this even That's this fine. weekend, like they can't win a game without him, let alone a flag. So he's now going to look his teammates in the eyes and say it wasn't even something of you know me throwing my head over the footy and getting something wrong or backing a teammate up. It was a purely yeah. selfish heat at the moment. And it, you know the people calling for him to be captain of this club, like that that can't be a captain. That can't be the face of your club. That's, so the, that's the, what I said, yeah. The reason I bring up that tribunal question, because I wanted to know um, if they had anyone from, say, an officiating capacity actually sitting on the tribunal to give that voice a reason. Um, sounds like probably probably not. Maybe there is, but um, I would have been interested to see if, yeah, that's maybe why the AFL's taken the stance of, hey, the former players that have made adjudicated this, um, that's not good enough because we want to, you know, again, protect our umpires who are uh, protected species that, and this is not yeah. the image we want to sure. uh, go through all the you know lower leagues as well. They yeah. want to say we want a really hard stance on this versus what you as former players and um, have kind of put out there. So yeah, they um, are a separate and it doesn't really answer the question, but might give a little bit. They're a separate entity. That's why the AFL can appeal this because if it's the AFL, then it's just purely players against the AFL and what they say goes. Whereas now, you know, players can appeal that. Like Toby Green could appeal that for all he wants and say, no, no, I'm innocent. No, he isn't, so he's not going to get it. But the AFL can also appeal and say that's too light, which they are going to do. Yeah. So I, I think there is a mix, but I, I couldn't I couldn't tell you the specifics there, Sean. Yeah. But like you say, like this needs to trickle down to league footy. Like, we can't have someone bumping into an umpire. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yep. We could talk about it all day, but it's a, it got the result. We'll probably be talking about it this time next week as well, to be honest. So hopefully, the, well, actually, no, they're three, so. If they lose, then we don't need to talk about them anymore. Good. So wait for that. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, what, two or three other key pieces of news. I think the main one uh, being, well, actually, no, I'll skip it. The, the uh, grand final has been decided. It's going to be played at Optin Stadium. That has been confirmed, so it'll be in Perth. Um, that'll be on the 25th of September, of course. Uh, case numbers, COVID, if you haven't already realised, we're in lockdown. The whole east of Australia is in lockdown not improving to the point where they can uh, reopen or potentially have um, a game with crowds. So take it to the one place where you can. And I think it'll be a bumper crowd, I'd say, out there. Um, so from memory, there isn't any Earth teams left, is there? No. No. No, 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 no. no WA teams. So a little bit of cruel irony there uh, mm-hmm. for, for the people at West. But don't worry. Especially if one of one of these big Melbourne clubs makes it, there'll be a lot of uh, a lot of them living out there. That well, that'll be a sellout. No matter yeah. what, that's GWS Bulldogs. That's sold out. Like this is a, it, it's the second year in a row. It's what two of the only years it hasn't been at the G. It's been the last two years. Obviously circumstances, but they'll pack that out, and that's good. That's good. Yeah, if we can have sixty thousand people at a grand final. I don't give a fuck where it is to be honest. And, and we go back to the week before the week before last when we saw a packed stadium out at Optus and mm. the atmosphere compared to that Melbourne Geelong game, which went to a kick after the siren from a fucking ruckman. Yeah. And, and there was there's no atmosphere. Yeah. And Mel, Melbourne come away with their first minor premiership in donkey's years yeah. and and feeling it, it felt a bit uh, watching it, I should say, it, it felt a bit empty. Uh, with no crowds. Yeah, so, it does. It 
Yeah, so yeah, for sure. it's, it's going to be a neutral venue, um, but regardless, it'll be a full house and a, and a, what a stadium! Like it's it's a it's a good opportunity uh, for for the West to showcase this this beautiful stadium, uh, which is only what Definitely. four or so years old, and 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 a fitting place to have a grand final. So that then leads us into probably the biggest story: um, the Pies have hired a head coach at long last after. <laughs> What do they call it? An exhaustive search, and they'll go through, check, you know, check under every rock, etc. Yeah, it. yeah, and they, and they came up uh, with Craig McRae, which uh, I think uh, some people had sort of highlighted him, but he definitely wasn't the front runner. Uh, he he was a, a player in that Brisbane Lions three peat, um, and had had been the Richmond VFL coach for about four years. An interesting pick. Uh, Mac, I'll throw it to you. Uh, what were your initial thoughts uh, here? I think it's I think it's good for the Pies. Pies fans to be pretty happy. I think he blitzed the interview as well because he was one of the, he definitely wasn't the front runners um, and smashed it. He's got a good background in it. He's done a bit of everything. Uh, like you said, Peps, uh, champion player, won three flags with Brisbane. Did a lot of development stuff like with young players. Uh, coached during with Richmond in their VFL uh, through all those successful years. So he's seen what success is. That's that's my biggest takeaway. He's seen it from the ground up. He's been a part of it in multiple facets. And he's not a flashy pick either, which I think Collingwood are just about right now. They, they don't need headlines. They need someone who's yeah. just going to go in. They've got a long way ahead of them. They're, they're looking yeah. at their list, looking at where they're at right now, they may get Nick Dacos. That's great. They have a long build ahead of them, like a couple of years. And, and Pius fans are impatient because they're the biggest club, but they have a long way to go. So they need someone who's not going to be too flashy out there. They don't need anyone. I think it'll be a good job. Justin Lepich uh, was part of that as well as like an assistant coach. So it's good to see him back in um, coaching circles. Same sort of thing. Was obviously one of the best Brisbane Lions in those um, premiership years. Was a big part of Richmond's uh, start of their success. Um, Actually had a go at coaching Brisbane, um, you know, sort of in the Voss. Uh, in, in those years and then um, sort of fell out of coaching circles. So good to have him back in there. Great assistant coach from all reports. Um, but, yeah, so that's that's the new era for Collingwood. Um, we'll see we'll see what it leads them to. That They've got a lot to sort out off-field as well. Like, they're still very tight up against the cap. Um, there's still a couple of players, like Brendan Maynard, who some thought that's a future captain right there, Braden Maynard, apologies. Yeah. Um, Apparently he he kind of wants a bit more money, but there isn't money to give to him. So, right. Pendle, you know, there's all this shit about Pendlebury sort of out there. So that they've got a lot to work out. Coach is the first thing. Seems to be a good pickup. Um, I was Jonathan Brown was talking about him. Apparently he used to organise all the Mad Mondays and all the footy trips. So, <laughs> so he's really done it all. I, I, it sounded like there was a bit to that. So I would like to crack a bit open more of Craig McRae. Um, pretty good name as well, Craig McRae. I'd say the the bloke that organises Mad Monday is is someone that you will listen to regardless. Uh, yeah, he knows. Speaking, it, yeah. speaking from my own personal experience, I'll, I'll play I'll play for a bloke that that gets around <laughs> trip and Mad Monday. Absolutely, <laughs> Craig McRae. You can't just sort of say McRae or Craig Craig McRae. Craig kind McRae of rolls off the tongue well. So I'll tell you what though, you, when we mentioned a few of those names already, but that three peat side, when you think of some of the players that were in that. Alistair Lynch, John Brown, Michael Voss, Simon Black, Jason Ackermanis, Craig McRae. Yeah. Uh, what, what, oh, Justin Leppich we spoke about before. Yeah. 
what what a side. No no wonder they won three in a row. Yeah, and, exactly. And, Coached by Lee Matthews, like that's yeah, yeah. yeah. Unreal. So look, big big uh big uh, ask for him. We we've spoken about it before on the Esky that the uh the amplifier, the megaphone, if you will, that is coaching uh the biggest club in AFL football. Uh, the microscope will be on him next year and he doesn't have the best list to work with. So we'll see, uh, see what you can do, Craig McRae, and uh, see if you're organising a mad Monday uh, in, <laughs> at the end of August or at the end of September. <laughs> uh, I reckon he's already planning yeah. it, to be honest. What's the final note we've got there? Uh, just, oh, just on on Lepic, how how um. Just with him, sorry, that was yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so he's got the the head job at Collingwood. Uh, that's probably enough out of the AFL news. Let's have a quick look back. Now, normally we wouldn't uh, review games, uh, you know, on the Esky here, but this is it's our first final series uh, in terms of AFL, and um, we'll have the league finals coming up, so we may as well look back. I think. And have a have a look at the games that were uh, Port. They were way too good for Geelong uh, on Friday night in that qualifying final. Twenty thousand there at Adelaide Oval, so about a third of the capacity. I tell you what, it sounded like a lot more. Um, especially yeah. The way the power were playing um, was the usual suspects in Ollie Wines and Travis Good Bloke and Orazio Fantasia with four goals. What do we make of the Cats, boys? Uh, again, Jim, I'll probably throw it to you here. Hawkins, 300th. They only kicked five goals. They did kick 513, so maybe goal kick, uh, you know, kicking straight might have been a bit of an issue. Jeremy Cameron kept quiet. Um, and a big Alir Alir, he he was dominant, um, controlling that Port Adelaide back six there. Do we think he's the buy of the year, one? And for two, um, what happened with the Cats, and do you think they can bounce back? Uh, look, I'll start with Ilya Ilya because he was, you couldn't take his eyes off him. It was the week he was announced as the All-Australian centre-half back, and I kind of thought, oh, was Jacob Weirdering a bit stiff? And then Ilya Ilya comes out Friday night. It was the end of the first quarter, and I think he had four or five intercept marks. Like, yeah. Geelong play that long kicking game. They just, they're just they an old team. That's what they do. They back themselves in one-on-ones, and he was just swallowing everything that was kicked down the line. He was the best player on the ground. When the game was on, he was the most influential, so he would have been the best player on the ground for mine. So Sydney <laughs> sort of gave him up for chippies, really, but yeah. he's, he, he slotted in that back line beautifully, and it's allowed you know that whole team to sort of set up around him. You know, you can just rely. If it's going in long, you know, half the time, literally is just going to take the mark, let alone spoil it. So um, I don't know. They just That second half was in a contest. Like, I turned the game off. Like they just looked old and slow. I think if you have a older team, you back them in in the in the finals heat to to put that pressure on, win that contested ball. But if they're not doing that, you look old and slow. Their game plan is a slower kicking game. Whereas Port went in with a few more small forwards. I mean, we talked about Arazio, Stephen Motlop was on fire. Um, guys like that, your butters, uh, you know, and you talk about the midfield. You could probably halve the midfield. No Tom Stewart for the Cats. We talk about Alir Alir being so influential, Stewart not being there. Um, you know, he, he plays – not only does he take those intercept marks, he takes away either a big forward or a small forward. Um, so I think his absence, you know, w- was massive. Um, losing Mark O'Con- O'Connor there, Tagger, early, uh, early hit at his hammy, and then, yeah. the, you know, Wines and Boke ran away with it. So 
a couple excuses in there for the Cats, but shout, Port Adelaide, they they were the better team on the day from from woe to go. So yeah, um, they just looked fresher. They looked hungrier for it, and that, like you said, Peps, those twenty thousand fans counted for a lot more than what, what they were. They sounded loud. You can tell they get around. You know that, that Port Adelaide looked better at Adelaide Oval um, as a result. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned um, the absence of Tom Stewart. Uh, because, you know, we spoke about Jacob Wiedering and we spoke about it on the pod last week, missing the All-Australian. Uh, Tom Stewart was there and thereabouts for, for, for making um, that team as a, as, a, as a tall defender. And he, he was right up there for um, intercept marking this year. Uh, and not that, you know, Charlie Dixon, um, you know, didn't, didn't have himself much of a game, but, but missing uh, Tom Stewart's intercept marking uh, capabilities there. Yeah. For Geelong, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Look, is it going to turn a game forty points? No, but between him and O'Connor and yeah, uh, oh, a the, couple things and, there, and it was pretty close oh, early. Yeah. Like, like Hawkins had a couple chances really early. I think at quarter time it was only a few points. Yeah. But from there, they just a danger was down. Like those, Guthrie was a bit down. So that, I don't know, if they sort of chalk it up to being a game, they were down. Um, they beat GWS this weekend, no doubt in my mind. But um, again, without Toby Green. But it's just something, you know, you question, can they, you know, now win out uh, to win the flag? If I was a Geelong fan, I'd be a little bit worried. But it was all support for me. Like, it was really impressive for Port to see that. Coming up, being the dogs, they've beaten two good teams in back-to-back weeks. They've proved they're more more than capable of going all the way. Mentioned GWS there. That's probably a good segue. Um, mm. GWS uh, defeating Sydney by one point, um, 74 to 73. Uh, what were you guys' thoughts on this game? I think oh, at halftime, you thought that John had wrapped up. Um, that, that they, they came out of the blocks much better than Sydney. Uh, I highlighted last week... I. I was concerned about the the tall's um, impact for for the Giants. They had two each in Himmelberg and Hogan, uh, and and th- that man that we talk about, Toby Green, he he was really good in that first half. And then, mate, the Swans they just kept coming and coming and coming, and you you got the feeling that they were going to run over the top of the Giants in the in the second half. Uh, Isaac Heaney really good, and and Buddy. Um, had three goals. He's he's going to get stranded on on nine ninety five. So the thousand will have to wait for next year. And speaking of Buddy, he had that set shot with about two minutes to go, um, and it was from that that left flank um, where where he normally you know he he starts it at yeah, that Buddy right, spot yeah Buddy spot. He starts it at that right post, and you think it's just going to draw back you know just a couple meters. And off the boot, you thought, oh this this is Buddy being clutch. And then that that sprayed sprayed wide and and the Swans um oh, who are the who are the blokes um James Bell and and Sam Wicks both yeah. had very, very scorable uh, set shot opportunities where they they hit hit the post at the end and and that was the difference um but yeah. unbelievable game of footy for the neutral uh you know one going down to to one point so can't complain too much there. GWS, uh, we, we, was, we were contrasting them last week to um, to the Gold Coast Suns. Probably didn't give them enough credit into how good they've actually been over over the last five years. Prelims in 16 and 17, uh, semi-final in 18, 
uh, and the grand final where they did get spanked by by Richmond that day, but but made it um, and missed out on the eight last year, and and they're they're through to another semi final this week. So so credit where credit's due, they're definitely doing something right there at um out in in uh, in the west of Sydney. And they did get red hot for the last month to lead into it, so they're in a good run of form too. Yeah, what we said last week, four out of the last five, so they're they're five out of the last six. So uh, we will um, preview this week's game in a sec. Uh, but even if we think Geelong are the favourites, that they'll definitely uh, will be backing themselves. Yeah. So then, what do we have? The, the last game on Saturday uh, was Melbourne taking on the Brisbane Lions. Uh, Melbourne too good, I think. Um, when they lose McStay early, I think it was... Yeah, the first five minutes. minutes yeah. yeah. Uh, Signy broken nose, running at training this week, though, so hopefully he looks all right. Um, but if he, plays, if he plays this weekend, that is a huge, huge effort because that looks sickening. Copping Nakia Cockatoo's knee straight to his schnoz there and was pissing out blood coming off there. It was sickening, wasn't it? Yeah, it was gross. And Chris Fagan... They were asking him about selections earlier in the week, and he's going, oh, well, McStay's been really good for us filling that hipwood role, uh, you know, with with Eric, unfortunately, doing his ACL a few weeks ago. And he's thinking, oh, geez, if, if he's not good to go, then that's that's two key forwards uh, gone. Mm. Where do we go, you know? L- luckily, they've got Joe, Joe Danaher this year, and, and he's, he's looking okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, McStay coming back into that into that side, if he is good to go, um, will be will be telling. He might be there with a you know Black Ferguson boomerang nose, but if you can breathe <laughs> through it, he he might be able to go out there and play. We'll, we'll time will tell. We'll see whether announce the, the teams tomorrow whether he'll be in or not. He might be game four, Dev Booker. <laughs> Get the mark. I think I think he's a lot more important. People sort of say, oh, Dan stays a hack. He gets ten touches a game, but an extra big body who knows where to go. He's a very good mark of the footy. Freeze up Danaher a bit more. Yep. You know, Charlie Cameron is a small forward, but he's a he's a big forward in the sense that he has to take a lot of attention. Yeah. So if the, and, he, and Dan McStay is so good for spacing in that the three of them do have this. But, you know, you have to – you can't just leave Dan McStay to do whatever he wants. He'll kick four on you. So um, if he's in, it, it's massive for Brisbane. Um, so it was just a bro. Oh, God, it was – one of those ones, you, you wouldn't be shocked if he was out, you know, and, and, and done oh. for the season because it was yeah. high-impact stuff. I think I was reading during the week, McStay, uh, before this game, had 11 goals out of his last four games. So, mm. well, not huge numbers, but definitely contributing. Yeah. If that's your third forward, you, you're stoked yeah. with that because you know yeah. Charlie and Joey are just going to get their goal. They just will because they're so good. So now you've got to pay attention to someone else and, you know, with that midfield as well. So... They're a threatening team with him mocking about. Um, but it was a bit of the Melbourne show, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, those guys, Gorn, Petrarca, Oliver. Fuck, Oliver's become a jet. Oh, he'll have the brown line around his neck, I reckon. Even with yeah, yeah. yeah even with Gorn, it, my big thing was, you know, Gorn and Petrarca would take votes off him, but then it was a final, so it doesn't matter anyway. But yeah. he, he's turned into a, just a handball merchant to a damaging player. Like, he, he yeah. moves with power through the contest. His kicking's... You know, improved so much. He hits the scoreboard, um, and he and then he still racks up those contested possessions, tackles, 
Um, he's a jet. He is one ugly bastard. But my word, it's not Benny Cousins winner Brownlow or these good looking roosters. All in the kettle black there as well, Jim. Oh, absolutely. But I can, I can say what I want. I've got my from any of us. From any absolutely. Of us. Absolutely. But um, you know, Ranger. God bless him. Hey, he's gonna have a Brownlow. He's got a hot missus as well. So shout out to you, Clay. Um, <laughs> Hey, Waller has hot misses. You wouldn't read about it. Exactly. Can you believe it? No. <laughs> so, so that match, sorry, that sorry. match did finish up ninety-three to sixty in the favour of Melbourne. Um, yeah. I think that means we'll roll in and talk about the Western Bulldogs, who did defeat uh, Monkeys Bombers, uh, eighty-five to thirty-six. Uh, I think yeah, there's so... a Macca rant coming in. He hasn't been able to talk about how good. Uh, Bulldogs football for <laughs> So what's happening week two, the semi-finals in the AFL? <laughs> I'll be quick for Monk's sake. Look, I'll be very honest with those on the Esky. The last month of Bulldogs' life has been very sour. They A month ago, they were on top of the ladder. They, I honestly thought we had the premiership wrapped up. They lose to Hawthorne. They lose to Essendon. And then they'd go down to Port. I thought the season was done. I had no confidence down in a wet, windy Tassie. Turns out, played straight in the dogs' hands. Um, it was a very hot uh, game at the start, uh, but the dogs, just that midfield, just really got on top. Um, the contested footy in the second half, they just just looked like they, they were a bit more hardened. And Essendon are a young team. Um, they did really well to get there, I thought. Uh, Bulldogs are a top four team. That just didn't make the top four, if that makes any sense. Like, they, we, we've sort of set along the journey. There's been five teams that we think could win it, uh, and the dogs were just the team that ended up not being that top four. So... They should have won. They did win. It ended up being a bit more of a blow than it probably should have been. I mean, Bombers not kicking a goal in the second half. Yeah. That's that's pretty dominant. Yeah. Um, they took over 6,200 days without a finals win. Yeah. That'll be 6,500 days uh, now, uh, thanks to the courtesy of the Western Bulldogs. So, um, look, do I think the Dogs win the flag? Yes, absolutely. Purely <laughs> in that second half. They played so well. Oh, my God. Um, ever since Brucey's uh, knee injury, the, the four lines just looked out of whack. Um, but look, they beat Brisbane on the weekend. They just will. Um, can they? Be- they should have beaten Port a couple of weeks ago, so they will do that this time. Um, and then look, it's, it'll probably be Melbourne in the grand final. They beat Melbourne about uh, six weeks ago. So Dogs 2021 Premiers, you've heard it here first in the Esky, uh, from a purely unbiased opinion. <laughs> unbiased, unwavering opinion there on the Esky. If, if only tattoo uh, shops were open at the moment, we could get you down there to get, get <laughs> one, uh, one Western Bulldogs 2021. I'd be in there, right on the cheeks. Yeah. I, yeah. I won't show you. I won't show you yet. It's too early in the Esky. We're oh, only in the first segment. Throat, throat piece would look uh, good. A little, bit here, a little bit on the chest, a little yeah. bit of yeah, just there. go dogs. And there's some thumbs of the West underneath it, something like that. That'd be good. No, you exactly. have Raven Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I've got yeah. body pieces. The Lakers are winning. Lakers, you know, Yankees yeah. are looking good. Like I'm running, I'm only a skinny guy. I don't have a lot of you know flesh on me to, to tattoo. <laughs> I think that means we should run into uh, the finals preview, and we kind of already talked a little bit about Geelong versus GWS. Um, I think most of us probably picked Geelong after Toby Green uh, being out. So I've of course definitely picked Geelong. Yeah, I've got I've gone the cats here. Uh, we keep riding off the Giants. Like I said, uh, they've won five of their last six. They'll they'll be confident, but uh, look, I think the head the head uh, says says Geelong here for me. Yeah, so Monks, you want to grab some odds and tips? You will. Yeah. 
Your tip for Nakawana tip. Wild Marks is good. Like, like Geelong yeah. will want to win this. Like, there is a fair bit of pressure on Geelong here. GWS come in here. They've won their final. They can just go hell for leather. They're at, they don't have their best player. Yeah. Um, they still have a very talented list. You've got Lockie Woodfield, Josh Kelly, one of the best players in the comp. Um, that Geelong should win. That's why there's a bit of pressure. I still think they win this by three or four goals. Yeah. Now, let's yeah. test it. Let's yeah. see how I'm going, Monks. I'll go 15 and a half. Go on. See how I am. Ooh. I reckon <laughs> in good a final, single digits, single digits. I'll go nine and a half. Single digits. Yeah, all right. Um, well, let's start with the line. It is 16 and a half. <laughs> oh, 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 i tell you what. Yeah, give him a couple of weeks off. I'm rusty. I'm sorry, boys. It's been a couple of weeks. Give me a break. A couple of months. I'll warm into it. I'll get better, I promise. That's it, yeah. Uh, we've still got one more game this week to go through, so you'll have your second guess in a second. Um, but Geelong, our favourite, uh, they are at $1.38 um, as the market stands at the moment. GWS are at $3.07. Mm, I, don't know, I, th- I think this could be... Mm, I think that Shark, the betting company, got the line right, but that's about it, I think. About three goals. And then in the other game, as Mac mentioned before, it's uh, the Brisbane Lions. My Brisbane Lions taking on his Western Bulldogs. Um, so, sure. Yeah, Max, of course, <laughs> would have picked the dogs, and I have picked Brisbane. So, <laughs> how do you feel about the game, Sean? Um, I was a little bit disappointed in how they played last week. I thought they were a bit too scrappy coming through the middle and trying to get into the forward line. They just couldn't. They just couldn't connect um, that clearances with getting inside the fifty. Uh, not sure how they're going to kind of fix that up leading into the next game. Um, where there was just a bit of lines and McLuggage were a bit too quiet. Uh, I don't know. We need those guys, that whole whole middle section, section to, um, midfield, sorry, uh, to probably gel and step it together. Um, I really like, I think Jared's actually been a really good uh, in for them, Barry. Uh, yep. He seems to have really added a little bit, bit to the, that they needed that they kind of lost their way in the last month. Um, I'm glad you, you mentioned your, your cousin there. Uh, I was having a look at uh, some of his draft measurables. He he was just about one of the fittest blokes coming out of that draft. Yep. I, I went for a, I thought I might do a little 3K uh, time trial myself this afternoon, and uh, I was having a look at some of the AFL boys' numbers. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Where'd you stack up, Pep? Yeah, I was thinking, hey, a minute off the pace over, over 3Ks, you know, 20 seconds a K, that wouldn't be that far. No, uh, nearly four minutes behind <laughs> In four minutes over three Ks uh, of what of what Jared Berry and, and the elite kind of guys run in a three K time trial, you, you don't get an appreciation for just how fit these blokes are. Oh, yeah. um, and and Jar- Jared Berry is um, is is a, a, a physical specimen in terms of his his engine, and and really good to see him you know up and about uh, for these finals. Obviously, the result didn't go the the way of the Lions last weekend, but um, long, long uh, going adductor issues, and, and good to see him um, out, out on the field. And I think he's been been really good for Brisbane. He'll be a gun, John. You probably you're more biased, but he will be something very special, Jared Barry. I reckon when he goes in the middle, he matches. He throws yeah. his body around. Perhaps he's talked about his tank, but he's a hard bastard. He'll he'll be like a Jack Steele type in three or four years. I reckon. No, that's... Well, they're, they're, they were talking about he, his leadership, so he's potentially going to be the captain for the Lions going forward. Mm. Zorko getting a bit older. Um, would be one of those guys as one of the you know the big leaders coming in with all the young guys that came in at them all the same time. Like he's been around them and leading mm. 
kind of the ringleader uh, for them for quite a while. So yeah, um, they have huge raps for him up there, and he's definitely been playing playing great. And of course, you know, I used to, I remember him as a tiny little fella. Uh, um, I used to take all three Berry boys and wrestle them, <laughs> um, but I think I had eight years of age on them at the time. So yeah. back in the, when they were both like you know two foot tall. Don't be modest, Sean. You are to be credited for both the Berry Boys' success. Yeah. You now have your platform to share that. Yeah, yeah. It's Christmas holidays, like boot camps that we used to run. We'd go around and we'd play sport every day and we'd go ham. So. Pass uh, marks. Who'd you, pick, who'd you tip? I, I find this really, really difficult. You've got Brisbane with that home ground advantage. Coming off the loss, and we'd spoken about, you know, a little bit of inconsistency in that final month of football. And then you've got the Dogs, who were woeful in that final month of football, but then looked really, really good on the weekend. Um, I've gone gone Brisbane just on that home ground advantage, but I'm not confident here, and I really think this will will be a close game that goes down to the wire. This will be a great game of footy. Monkey? Um... Yeah, so, yeah, Brisbane at home is scary, um, winning nine of the last matches. Um, yeah, that being said, I have gone with Macca's Bulldogs. Oh, oh, my man, Monks, I've always said that. Best in the business. Good to see things haven't changed. That's it. That's the Desmond. It, yeah. The finals, Desmond. That'll warm the heart. It's been a while since you've had a Desmond. It has. Yeah, it has been a yeah. while. Um, oh, yeah, nice. so... Lions go into the match favourites $1.60. Bulldogs are out at $2.35 at the moment. Do you want to have a guess at the line, Macker? What's that, five and a half? Eight and a half. Eight and a half. I'd take that. Go, dogs. Take them straight up. Dogs win this. Dogs win the flag. (laughs) Take them every game from the way in. Dear God, they're good after a win. That last quarter was party time because they were winning by four goals. Essendon had kicked four goals. They weren't going to do that. It was just good viewing. It was been a month of shit viewing. It was a good. It was good. A lot of Essendon fans in my life as well. So that just it felt good. It felt really good. I I, I, I like the analogy actually. A month of shit viewing, much like this podcast, and now tonight, you know, it's all back. (laughs) Good to go. You're clicking at the right time. There's a lot of sport to talk that's about, it. so we gotta we bring it up. No, yeah. that's good. AFL finals, how good? Yeah, it is good. So speaking of sport, uh, that will wrap up AFL um, segment for this week, and means we got to get stuck into the bumhole league, being the NRL. So to kick off the NRL news, uh, we have to talk about Latrell. Um, that's probably been the biggest story coming out during the week. Uh, he did cop six weeks for his sickening shot on Joey Manu. Um, what did you boys think of this? Um, besides the fact that Joey needed three plates inserted in his cheek and needed um, surgery, and it looks well, they're worried about both eye socket and cheek, and it looks like he's had significant injuries all around that area. Um, and then, of course, we had Trent Robinson coming afterwards, getting stuck in, uh, speaking truth, and then of course getting fined 40k for it. Went after the match of fierce rules. Went after the bunker, um, the blunder bunker. Um, I think it's uh, is it Henry um, Perinara? Yep. Um, got stuck into him, and um, I think he he might end up taking a bit of a fall for this because he he also you know he's been dropped from the uh, ref you know the refereeing ranks for for some of his lapses, and now he's getting roasted in the bunker. So I'm not sure if he's too long. But let's start with Latrell. What did you boys think of the contact and the, the hit? What were your thoughts on that? 
it's just... it's interesting that we just spoke about Toby Green. When we when we talk about a six week suspension and a three week suspension in sport, th- this is what comes to mind. When you when you go in there and you're reckless and it's high contact and you you rubber bloke for the rest of the year, that's where I think the six week card should be played. Different circumstances with one being a player, one being an umpire, but it, Luttrell he done himself a disservice here because he he wiped himself you know, effectively from the rest of the year. he done his mate a disservice, a former teammate in Joey Manu, mm. in wiping his season. And he and he's done South Sydney, their fan base, a disservice because I was talking to you guys, you know, before the show, we were kind of umming and ahhing if South, you know, could actually bother a Melbourne or, or possibly a Penrith. And and without Luttrell, I, I just don't see it happening. So... It's it's a brain snap. He's got a history of brain snaps, and I, I think the the punishment suits the crime here. The thing that was kind of a bit disgusting yeah, was the social media vitriol, um, you know, death, death threats and and the like, and and Joey Manu's family calling for calm. You know that that's obviously ridiculous. The bloke cop six yeah. weeks. That's that's the punishment. That's justice being served, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a three-edged sword, if you will, in in that it's him, Joey, and South season. You know, really, really in question. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah definitely. It was just so, yeah, real lazy football from Latrell. Like it doesn't matter if Manu was falling down or anything like that. That was always going to be high contact. And yeah, just case in point, we've seen it time and time again from him as well. It's just yeah, real lazy. That that was probably my biggest issue with this is he's come from the back fence. Like he's come a long way. Yeah. Line. He's only had eyes for Joey. Um, and he, you know, of course he's not going to dive and take him in the legs, but he's stayed up above the shoulder height. Like there's plenty of nice meaty area. He could have, you know, gone through him and laid him out, still made a huge hit, send a message like he's trying to, but he stayed up high and he's just nailed a bloke. Um, had a very loose swinging arm afterwards, probably to hide the fact that it looked more like a shoulder charge, honestly, um, from it. And yeah, I think I said to you boys, I think that's five weeks all all year long. And um, with his loading, he's going to get an extra couple. So you know, six six to me seems fair. The fact that he got ten in the bin, dumb. So why why was he not sent off for that? That's just, again stupid. Like we've talked yeah. about NRL and head head consistency. And, the, and being a bumhole league because they can't. <laughs> we go back to Magic Round, mate. In Magic Round, they would have got Latrell in the middle of Suncorp Stadium and crucified him. <laughs> Literally, what would have happened? Uh, and then, and then down the track, they kind of go, "Oh well, yeah, six weeks, you know, whatever." But yeah. Victor Radley got five weeks for things that weren't for nowhere near as that yeah, bad. Yeah, for nothing. So no consistency, but um. Look for mine. For mine, that's what a six-week uh, suspension is. Uh, well, that's what it looks like. Um, he's he's done for the year and, and the start of next year. Uh, the question, I suppose, remains: is is South can South win a comp without Latrell? I imagine all four of us think probably not. I don't think so. No. Uh, it's so it's so yeah. it's the exact same argument as Toby Green, like top ten player. Fucking oath, Latrell's a top ten player. But you you know this shit keeps happening. And that's such a that's an act. You look at it and you go, "Fuck off!" Like we don't want you in the game if you're going to be doing that. I don't care how talented and how skilled you are. It just takes away from the football player Latrell, which is such. And we, Origin was such a highlight for it. You know, Pep, you bleed blue. You would have been absolutely loving Latrell a couple months ago, 
and just this dumb brain fade, just dumb shit. Yeah, and then ruins the, him as a player. Yeah. Yeah, the comparison yeah. with Toby is fitting because we were you know talking about Toby perhaps being a future giant captain, and Latrell's been thrown in that same breath. Can this guy lead South Sydney for yeah. years, years to come? I don't think so. I think can't be a, your face of your team. He can't. No. Oh, you stay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think he's an excellent footballer. One of one of the best edge back. Uh, one of the best. One of the best centers. Um, you'll see getting around and switched to playing fullback, which everyone said no. He's too big to play fullback. He doesn't have the skill. He doesn't have the game awareness to do it. And and it's been playing lights out there. He's a, he's a physical beast, but these brain snaps just keep happening um, too too often and too. Um, you know, too regularly, and yeah, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't be giving him a, a captaincy anytime soon. Well, so is I, this? I hope he can rub this out of his game. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is this a maturity or an attitude problem? It could Zero. be because Latrell, I think, is also super young. You got to remember. Yeah, that's right. Be, yeah. Because he, he was on the scene as an eighteen-year-old. Uh, yeah. I, I can look it up. I think he's oh, twenty. God, I'm doing it. I right. think he's twenty-three. Twenty-four. Off the top. Twenty-four. Yeah, turn twenty four. Which yeah. is wild. Like yeah. <laughs> we've seen him yeah. for six years, you know, and he's yeah. he's still yeah. so I mean, young. You're a baby, you're a baby when you're twenty four. You know, we've got a bunch of thirty year olds or, or or nearly, uh in, in your instance there, Jim, you know, when you're twenty four, you you're so young. Uh and it's and it's an aggressive, you know, violent game. That, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's a very, very fine line between going out and putting a, a good legal shot on a bloke and letting him know that you're there and taking that, that step too far and yeah. you know, breaking a bloke's cheekbone and, and, and rubbing his season out. So, yeah, may, maybe, maybe it is a maturity thing and, and maybe he, he can channel that aggression uh, in the future. But, but no one's questioning his, 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 his ability as a player. He, he's, yeah, like we say... Top ten, if not top five, in in the NRL. Um, so if he can sort out these these you know sort of lapses in concentration, people will be talking about him for a long time. What's also interesting, and probably the final point on this is next season they usually do the Souths versus Roosters game early in the season, like within the first month. So oh, Latrell's, often round one. Yeah. So mm. depending on how Souths go and whether they push it out to like round three, uh, Latrell's first game back could be against Roosters. Yeah. Mm. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, it, it took away from a really good South Sydney performance. That they. Well, that, what was it? Was it they fucked them? Yeah, it was fifty mm. points to something by that point. They were so far ahead, and it was a couple of minutes to go. Yeah. yeah well, and that kind of adds to it. I don't want to harp on it too long. Maybe this is the final point. They had the game done and done. Like yeah. that, they were yeah. going to win. Doesn't They're going to win comfortably. It's not like the first few minutes of Origin where you're trying to set set the tone. Um, so yeah, dumb, dumb. Let's let's talk about you know uh, so, so, it, something. I suppose it's bittersweet, but um, you know, let's celebrate yeah, the, the career of Josh Morris. What yeah, what a bloody legend. He said um, his his body's telling him it's time. Uh, obviously, brother Brett went down with the ACL earlier earlier in the year. Um, Josh was saying he's had problems with his calf, his hammy, his lower back. He wants a launch of beer. Uh, the, the Cattleman's Lager, we'll keep an eye out for that. Maybe if they want to sponsor an up-and-coming podcast, uh, they can <laughs> in touch. Uh, 322 NRL games, nothing to sneeze at there. 
15 games for New South Wales, six for Australia, and 157 tries. That has him 10th of all time. And as it stands, him and his brother are both in the top 10 try scorers of all time. Yeah, I think he also said, cool. you know, with retiring with his brother, they both came into the league at the same time. They both leave it at the same time. It's kind of very poetic and fitting. Um, I'd hate to do it. Uh, who was the better twin? Oh. <laughs> Wait, which one was which? <laughs> they, they look, they look identical. Uh, they are. Funny that. <laughs> no, Joseph, you can have identical and non-identical twins. <laughs> you can, and these two are identical. <laughs> Hence, they're looking identical. I'll break it down to you to the biology section. I think we're biology's just after the Formula One tonight, Pep. So yeah, I've got a um, <laughs> look, Sean, if you want an answer, I suppose if you look at the numbers, you'd probably say Brett because more tries, uh, more premierships. Also, didn't play for the Canterbury Bulldogs for half his career, so that, that kind of helps. <laughs> that helps, yeah. Uh, but, but both ripping blokes uh, and, and wishing them both the best in their retirement. Yes, definitely. I agree. And, yeah, I've... I just wanted to put you guys on the spot with the Morris question. I didn't really care about answer. Overall, with with, with the two together, it's kind of... pretty awkward question when a bloke's retiring and you you, you want to compare him to his brother straight away. Yeah, not even yeah. his brother. How much better is his brother than him? He's even the best player in his family. Yeah, that's, that's the Matthew, Matthew Johns, Mark Wall vibes about this. Bingo, bingo. Yeah, we don't forget that their father as well, Steve Morris. Slippery, yeah, maybe he's yeah. better than both of them. Who would have known? Uh, <laughs> hard to compare eras. Yeah. What we can talk about is this expansion bid. Um, we we were kind of alluding to it last week, but it did seem that um, the Ipswich Jets and uh, the, the Firehawks, who's a East Brisbane Tigers-backed um, club, they were looking at a merger. They couldn't come to terms. East wanted more control. Jets wanted a 50-50 um, circumstance, uh, it's fallen through, and it looks like the Dolphins are the front runners here. Sean, what did you hear about this? Yeah, I think you summed it up. Uh, there's talk that the Jets and the Firehawks might not be able to get their bids across against the very strong Dolphins bid from Redcliffe. Um, so, because they have, you know, they've got the massive money and the assets and um, that whole Sunshine Coast um, market. So, you know, potentially, hey, let's create a super bid and try to outbid bid them. Um, but as you say, the power brokers at B couldn't come to agreement for it. Um, so they're going to have to go separate bids. So there's still the three bids going for the expansion team. But that does make the Dolphins, the Redcliffe, very much the favourites for this. Um, so And, of course, they've got an awesome stadium up there. They've um, they played, a, I think, two back-to-back games there um, in the last round. So they've kind of shown that you can definitely take an NRL club. It's got good following. So, um at this stage, I think, yeah, it's probably Redcliffe's to lose. Yeah, it, it, for, from all accounts, they're the ones that have the coin. Um, and I think that market, I don't know, because Redcliffe and Sunshine Coast are two different teams in the in the Queensland Cup. Um, but if the, if they can get behind the one team, there's a, a lot, a, a big population there um, and, and rugby league mad area. Um just wanted to quickly mention Matt Chechen. Um, he has retired referee after 350 games. Um, he, he, if you just have a look on on the web, uh, was was saying 
after a few games where he may have made, uh, you know, a, a contentious call, uh, the, the vitriol that you get uh, in the social media area era, uh, you wouldn't want to be uh, a, a referee. But uh, congrats, Matt, on, on an excellent career. Yeah, it's kind of a big loss. Uh, the NRL really struggles for good quality referees at the moment. Um, and, you know, Matt Jackin's been up there and coached plenty of massive games. So, yeah, to, to lose someone of his ilk um, without any, like, good replacements coming through that we know of, yeah, it's a bit of a loss for the NRL. Yeah, when you ask anyone that sort of knows a bit about refereeing, they, they tend to think that he's one of the, the better guys getting around in the league at the moment. So we'll be sorely missed, that's for sure. Anyways, boys, round 25. Um, we, we got there. Yeah. We got there. We, we speak at length about how long this season is. Uh, there's three teams duking it out for eighth. The rest of the top eight seems like it's pretty set. Massive game tomorrow for the Canberra Raiders against the Sydney Roosters. Uh, the Raiders are trying to vie in, uh, you know, for a spot in that top eight. Uh, the Chooks could get into the top four via a miracle. That is the Cowboys beating a full strength Manly. Uh, you, you, you wouldn't imagine that that happens. Uh, Jordan Rapiner has re-signed. Uh, he's been really good for the milk uh, this year. Who knew he'd be such a good fullback? And the Chooks, uh, Ricky uh, and uh, and the Raiders boys won't be too uh, happy uh, to hear that uh, the likes of Crichton, where Roy Hargraves and the man that's re- retiring in Josh Morris will all be back this week. Uh, Monks, if you wouldn't mind bringing up some odds, I've, I'm going to go... Yep. I'm gonna go with the hometown. I'm gonna go with the milk. That's sort of my yeah, second team, I guess, if you will. Um, so I'll say that begrudgingly. Um, but but to be honest, I'd rather see them in the top eight than than Cronulla. Um, they've got a lot to play for here. Even with those that that cattle coming back for the Chooks, I've got on them. What do we think here, boys? I'd originally picked Roosters, and I just changed it because I just checked. Matt Foley is playing halfback, and he still hasn't lost for as a starting for, for, for the Raiders. So you don't know how many games he's played. He has been on five for them. Just whenever he starts, they seem to win. So I've just switched it. I'm picking. The, I've gone the milk. The omen. <laughs> nah, Roosters win. This is this is classic. Raiders have to win. Make a miracle. Lose yeah. by thirty. Pretty much. I thought that season was done. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I've gone the Roosters as well. Um, Raiders probably not going to lose by thirty though. Um, Raiders are underdogs, two dollars fifteen. Roosters are one dollars seventy one at the moment. The line is two and a half. Yeah, so the bookies think it's pretty close, but we've got another mm. Desmond Tutu. Uh, be good viewing tomorrow <laughs> night. Uh, Thursday night. Up there at Mackay, um, which is which has gotten a few games uh, of late. Let's move into the Friday night games. Uh, the early one is the Cronulla Sharks going up against the Melbourne Storm. As it stands, the Sharks are eight. So if Canberra lose tomorrow, uh, essentially the Sharks will be in. Um, if, if Canberra win tomorrow, the, the Sharks have got a massive order in going out and beating Melbourne. The thing that will be in their uh in their uh advantage is the fact that, that uh Billy Ake has rested the likes of Munster, Welch, Kafuzi, Kenny Bromwich and Ramus Smith. 
Uh, Nico Hines comes in to play six, a uh, a backup Melbourne Storm side is still a very good side. It will be a tough ask for the Cronulla Sharks here. Um, and, boys, I just wanted to highlight Brandon Smith. I don't know if you guys caught him uh, in his post-match last week. He's got to be the best character getting around in the NRL at the moment. Oh, he's so funny. <laughs> Which, uh, which I co- is probably a good point that I also wanted to make here, that if both teams lose, uh, it's probably then on Melbourne. We need The Milk need Melbourne to put 50 points on the Sharks to get them the better points differential, so they'll sneak in by one point. Oh, so they're on the same points? Yep. I thought Sharks yep. had two points. Ah, uh-huh, right. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. If both teams lose, then the Gold Coast Titans would be licking their lips because they they could possibly go in with a win. Ooh. So if they win, they'll be tight, yeah. and they'd have a better points differential than the Raiders, but worse than the Sharks. Again, they would need the Sharks to lose by at least twenty points um, to make it in. So, what if they win? Yeah. If they well, win, they win. Sharks lose by ten. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely possible, and I think they want Melbourne. For any of both those teams, I think they want Melbourne to put a massive score on the Sharks, which they could potentially do even with their the backup side. I think um, after last week, uh, I'm expecting the storm to come into this red hot, uh, having got a G up, even if it's the backups from Craig, you'll have these guys raring to go. Agree. I think the storm, even with uh, six blokes sitting on the pine, I think they win this quite comfortably. I assume Mac has gone storm. Oh yeah. (laughs) If they didn't, if they didn't lose last week, I'd actually think Cronulla, but they'll win this by 20. Yep. Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, I've gone Storm as well. They are favourites at $1.37. Cronulla is at $3.10. And we've got a line of 8.5. Yeah, I'd be, yeah I'd, take that. Storm win big. All day, every day. Let's get better. 13 plus. <laughs> so the next match, we then got the Pretenders taking on Penrith, uh, being Parramatta in fifth, taking on second place, Penrith. Um, what do you think of this Crane Battle of the West here? Um, Power, of course, did stun uh, Storm last week. What are you guys thinking? Yeah, have you looked at their team? Uh, I'm, look, I'm, reading, I'm looking at it now. Paulo out for the suspension. Yeah. Uh, they're resting a whole bunch of blokes. Gutherson. Papali, both rounds, Mitch Moses. Do you know what, do you know what that is? So that's the Parramatta putting up the white flag. That's what that is. That's saying, you know what? Fifth is pretty good for us. We're pretty fifth good with fifth. Good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll rest up the boys and we'll have one of those Cronulla or Canberra or Gold Coast types next week. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. this week we've given up. I just had a little sneak peek at the odds. The odds reflect that. Um, I just want to give a little shout out to Brian To'o. Uh, he was one week back last week from a syndesmosis. To'o doesn't give a fuck. 295 run metres, eight tackle bus and a meat pie. That man is just different. Bloody good player. Kick out also had a, had a blinder. I think Penrith win this comfortably. Uh, Penrith not resting anyone. They've got a minor premiership on the line here. Um, that yep. they'll, they'll be gunning for that uh, against a, a Parramatta reserve grade side. The odds are definitely in the Panthers. <laughs> The line here might – well, let's play the line game. I'll go yep. Penrith, and I think the line is 23 and a half. Whoa, that's heaps. I'll go 16 and a half. So, yep. 
What do you say? 28 for me. 28. 28. So I'll start with the head-to-head first, just to keep that suspense carrying on. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Penrith are currently at a dollar and three cents. Eels oh, are out at thirteen dollars. Um, so if you're picking an upset, <laughs> <laughs> um, that line is twenty-eight and a half. Sure enough. Holy <laughs> shit! Twenty-eight points. Twenty-eight points. Yeah. I would back that on the back of Melbourne winning, and yeah. then the next night them knowing, oh well, we can't finish first anyway. We'll just yeah have a bit of a run around, and they'll win by twenty-four. I can I can see Nathan Cleary and Leo Leo um being on the bench at half time being rested because of that far in front. Okay, yeah. One yeah, I could see that happening too. Uh, moving moving through to oh, did you have something there, Mark? I was just gonna say the uh, Panthers thirteen plus is a dollar fourteen at the moment as well, which is <laughs> ridiculous. That's too yeah. short. That's crazy. <laughs> moving through to Saturday, uh, we've got. The Brisbane Broncos taking on the Newcastle Knights. Not much to discuss here, really. Uh, the Knights are short of seventh place. Uh, I thought they might have rested some players, but it seems Ponga, Pierce, Clemmer, Frizzell, Connor Watson, they're all named. Uh, sad news for the Broncos with Tom Flegler. Uh, I think he got an origin um, uh, yeah. Yeah, off, the, off the bench in game three. Um, he, he got suspended for th- for four games, so he'll miss this one in the start of next year. Uh, the Knights signed uh, Dragon Adam Clune, two-year deal starting next year. There's a lot of speculation as to where Mitch Pearce might be going. Uh, he's off contract and a lot of clubs throwing some money at him. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Alas, that's, that's for uh, the off-season. Not much to play for in this game. We won't dwell on it too much. I think Newcastle still win this, um, but who really cares? They're going to finish seventh. The Broncos are going to finish 15th or 14th. Newcastle, all for me. Yep, yep. yep yeah, Newcastle all around. Uh, they are favourites, $1.71. Brisbane at $2.15 at the moment. Expecting a close game with a line at two and a half. Closer than I thought. Mm. Outstanding moustache on Monks. <laughs> I think that's gone missing. Outstanding. Bit. Looks outstanding, my man. Yeah, right. I'll take it's outstanding. It's strong. It's a strong motor. It's a good motor. I've really told him to grow it out to the wedding next year, so it's another 12 months away. Oh, yeah. Get out down to the nipples. Yeah. <laughs> well, after 12 months, it might actually look like a moustache. <laughs> and who backs dragons loses. Um, <laughs> Isn't that the old, uh, you know, the Asian conundrum? that they, they don't have a single whisker, and then all of a sudden just poof. Confucius. Human yeah. shoe. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Went for that day. <laughs> all, all, it all migrates from north down to south. That's right. That's right. C- Confucius That's say, right. man who go to bed with itchy bum, wake up with smelly finger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the next game of footy, um, Cowboys uh, taking on Manly. We did talk about that. Uh, we all picked the Dragons, um, and then we said, hey, that's the curse. Uh, the Cowboys will break their 10-game losing streak against the Dragons. Of course, what did they do? They won that game. So they won their first games. Tolomololo was uh, at his bounce-darming best. Do I think it matters? Probably not taking on Manly. Uh, with Turbo back, getting a hat-trick last week, um, you know, 
Uh, Ruben Garrick, he becomes the first player to score 20 tries and 100 goals in a season. Uh, they score points from everywhere. Um, I think mainly by a lot over the Cowboys. Same. Yeah, interesting here that that Desi hasn't rested any any of these stars. They they want to finish fourth. They don't want to slip up here uh, and get themselves the double chance. Uh, not much to talk about in terms of tipping this. A full strength manly uh, that that want to get you know into into a good rhythm going into finals. They should win this comfortably. I've gone the Sea Eagles here. Yep, all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, Seagulls are favourites dollar ten at the moment. Uh, Cowboys are out at seven dollars, and we've got a line of twenty two and a half. Yeah, yeah twenty two. Big one. Speaking of the Dragons, we just mentioned them a minute ago. Um, of course, losing to the hopeless Cowboys, they take on Souths. Um, Souths, of course, missing Latrell. Um, they did destroy the Chooks last week. The final score on that was fifty four to twelve. Uh, Mark Nixon was excellent for them. He did get two tries for the big fella over 200 metres. But Souths are resting on plenty of their stars. No Adam Reynolds, no Dane Gagai, no Cook, Johnston, Walker, Arrow or Murray, um, which is probably – that's over half their starting squad. So, um, 1,200 also, games of NRL experience is, is how much they're resting this week and unbelievable. Good for a Dragons fan uh, who haven't won a game since since that barbecue at Vaughan's. Jeez, I, I wonder what Vaughny dished up that day. What, like, surely we, we need some premium steaks here. There's got to be some some prawns. There's got like you know, you know that's to be worth it. No, uh, you know them designer kebabs, which is like meat, pineapple capsicum, meat, <laughs> pineapple capsicum. Like not like a standard woolly not- shit. <laughs> like, I'm talking about someone put some fucking. He's gone to the butcher. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't go to the deli. Man's went to the butcher. That's the proper meat. I, I really... Fucked a footy club for a year, but it was a good send. I hope that's what they got stuck into and had a fucking mate feed. <laughs> Since then, it's been really hard to support them. Um, like, I'm uh, speaking probably for a few hundred thousand people. Um, so, look, we go up against an undermanned South game in a game... Where again, who gives a fuck? That South will finish third, no matter what. The Dragons won't make the eight. Um, probably spoken about it too long already. Guess what? I've gone the Dragons. <laughs> no Judas. Uh, no Judas. No Judas. The, the, we talk about Parramatta being a reserve grade side this weekend. This is a reserve grade side for South. So I've gone the Dragons, but this game has no implications for the finals. Yeah, and we might have to go back and check some of the tape about some of the things that Pep said about Dragons making the eight and whether he uh, made it. No, 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 no. <laughs> this was this was pre but this was pre butcher premium kebab. Pre kebab. This, this was this was the Woolies last hour of the day. Two dollars, you take it, kebabs. That that that's the kind of kebabs that were getting dished up. Barbecue chook sitting there. Premium salad. salad, That's that's when I jumped off the ship. So for me, I've picked South either way because I think the Dragons are just they're phoned in the rest of the season. So I don't think they're going to come out and win this game. So I picked South even with the reserve grade side. They've called Craig McRae and they've said, "Mate, I've heard you run a great bad Monday. You got (laughs) to." What about the other two boys? Uh, yeah, I'll go upset. I'll go dragon. 
No, I won't. No, that's stupid. Uh, <laughs> Max, staying strong? Yeah, staying strong. I've gone Dragon as well. Um, yes. Would like to think the reserve grade south. So just, just take it easy for a week. Um, what are the yeah, so Dragons are underdogs, $2.10 at the moment. Rabbitohs are $1.74. Line is two and a half. Total match points. So we know South are pretty heavy scorers. What do you think about 52 and a half? I wouldn't touch it with a reserve grade squad. This is probably like a 2018 game, my favourite. I would not pick on the last round of any uh, regular season, any sport ever. <laughs> There's also an AFL semi-final that night uh, involving two two blokes in this team, I imagine. <laughs> I promise everyone listening now, I will not watch a second of this game or talk about it. <laughs> and then probably I'll wrap it up into perhaps a Sunday where zero seconds might be spent. <laughs> I just was looking at it on the notes. <laughs> Look at the last game. Oh, my God. How quick can we get this done? Let's go. Uh, they're both shocking. So we've got Warriors, the only way that this is interesting is if Cronulla and Canberra both lose, uh, then it comes down to some kind of points difference, yada, yada, yada. The Titans will have a sniff to finish eighth and, uh, and go up against probably uh, the Roosters or Parramatta. Yeah, um, it's an opportunity for them to sneak in. The Warriors' season's done. The Titans have got a lot to play for. I, I think the Gold Coast Titans win this game. I pick Warriors. Woo! I think their squad's better overall, but again, okay. doesn't matter. It's yeah, it's it's a bit of a nothing game unless some you know we get a, a whole bunch of uh, things happen before Sunday. Yeah, Mac and Max. Uh yeah, the Titans must win, so they will win. Yeah, I've gone Titans as well. Uh, they are favourites at dollar twenty-eight. The uh, Warriors are out at three dollars seventy-five at the moment. Lines eleven and a half. Cool. And then the final game, yep. probably the worst game of the round, um, is West taking on Bulldogs. The worst game of the round. This might be the worst game of the year. So on... they've left it for the last game of the year to be the worst game. Ever. I think we had Bulldogs Cowboys a couple of weeks ago, which were fifteen versus sixteen. So I think that was the worst game of the year. But, but the timing yeah. of it, Sean, the timing of it, the the last game of the regular season, and this is what the NRL dishes up on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Mm. Uh, um, go. I was just going to say, um, Matt Dory, poor fella, he did his ACL. Thinking of him. Uh, Dylan Napa to get let let go by the dogs. Did you guys catch the Lachlan Lewis story? Uh, yes, yeah, very funny, so <laughs> funny. That 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 was my that's my opinion. Like the like, come on, it's a joke. It's a joke. He stole a speaker and put it on eBay, and everyone's blowing up like it's unprofessional. Like he should get sacked. Well, yada yada yada. Well, he's probably going to get sacked anyway because Gus is cleaning house. So him Napa and I think six other blokes. He's told that that are off contract. You're done. Like you're not coming back. But, so. But just in the scheme of NRL scandals, <laughs> yeah, that's <probably> right. <laughs> where we've had domestic violence and uh, gang rape accusations and kissing in the toilets with your shirts off, yeah, Adam Adam Elliot, to be honest, that that's that's a far cry. Stealing a speaker and putting it on eBay. Yeah, I love it. I love every second of it. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> that's why it's the bum hole league. Um, yeah. It'll be picked so we can finish uh, up and move on. I've gone West. Yes, I picked Tigers. Um, yeah, Tigers here. Who gives a fuck? I tip West Tigers purely because the Bulldogs will finish 222. Shout out Desmond and Richie. Oh. 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who did it? Once that once that talk shit on me in the group text about the Dragons this year and the Bulldogs. <laughs> Two the most interesting thing about the Bulldogs is someone stealing a speaker and putting it on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most interesting thing they've done this year. Uh, I'll give us an odd, odds and some quick tips and then we'll move on. Yeah, I've gone uh, Tigers as well. Um, their favourites are dollar forty-five at the moment. Bulldogs are out two dollars seventy-five. We've got a line of seven and a half. And that'll do it for the bumhole week. This well, ho- well, that finishes up the season for them, and we'll talk finals next week. Um, with hopefully, some quality football to talk about. Probably some dumb shit to happen during the week, as always. And we'll talk about that. Always. Um, let's talk about the NFL on this is a comparison. The preseason has. Uh, just finished off uh, week. That's actually technically week four, uh, but the, the week three of full slate of games, um, which was it. What was interesting was the very different approaches uh, that the clubs took. Um, I think we talked a little bit off air that it kind of it was kind of clear that the more veteran coaches, commanding coaches in the league a lot, did play some starters um, in the preseason. But those clubs that have the younger, up and coming coaches think the Sean McVay's of the world, the Rams, didn't play any starters at all. So it was quite interesting, that kind of approach. Um, I think they kind of said the young fellow, the younger coaches uh, took more stock in um, joint practices where they can control like the scenarios and what plays and how it's scripted versus, you know, a game, of course, which is just a down and it's unscripted and it's just you're playing the game. So it's interesting to see how that kind of approach happened. We'll probably run through most of the the game's very quickly just to cover some of the, the big stories coming out of it. Um, but did you guys have any quick thoughts for the wrap-up of the preseason before we run into regular season? Well, just, just how you mentioned it there, Sean, you'd think it'd be down to a fine art, this NFL head coach biz, business. But the thing is, mm. like you mentioned, it's so different between each each team. We saw even this week the, the number one player in the NFL um, you know, in the in the players' poll, and and a lot of people think you know is is may may be one of the best players of all time in Pat Mahomes, uh, playing a fair few series here. We saw Josh Allen play a fair few series, and well, then you're, you're not starting a, a single starter at all. Well, it's great. So take Patty Mahomes for example, Andy Reid, head coach. And then oh. we'll take Aaron Rodgers for example, didn't play any preseason. Matt Lafleur, young head coach. No. So. Yeah. And and you can go you can go to a few teams and 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 think about um you know that the the applications of that we saw Belichick doesn't give a fuck you know he's old he, he wants them going out there and grinding uh you know he, the, the the older dudes seem to have that next man up mentality yeah and mm. I guess you know, they also know that you, hey you can't take a month to start the season to get your team ready to actually win games. Quite interesting, though, the Rams famously last year started very, very slow. Um, so interesting to see how they start this year as well in the first month. That, I think, is probably the barometer to work out how the teams are actually going, um, whether the preseason's their plans are worked or not. Time will tell. But it was just an interesting, the different methodologies, especially mm-hmm. first time with one less game in the, the season. Um, preseason, that is, sorry, with one extra game, of course, in the regular season. Uh, the different approaches people are applying. So today dumbest, was actually sorry. The dumbest yeah. thing from the preseason is the Ravens are twenty straight in the preseason. Yeah, yeah. the dumbest stat of all time. Yeah, Haven't the dumbest. Like, yeah. Was that five and a half years now? It was like two thousand fifteen or sixteen. They lost their last. Yeah. <laughs> Means absolutely nothing, but it's pretty cool to say. 
Yeah. Well, Jim, what was that? You had a, a Harbour quote this week in the groupie. Uh, you know, he treats it like it's a regular season yeah. game. You might do that better justice than I've just done. But um, what... he, he says if, if we're going to do it, we may as well be the best at it. Like, you know, like he, he honestly treats it. And their depth is always scary good. Like they've always got good players if they have injuries. Their practice squad is good, which sounds stupid unless you're not a nuffy like the four of us. Like it does count. For, uh, it, it must count for something in that we know what the preseason's like. There are guys clawing to be the 53rd man on the roster. Yeah. They've got guys who miss out. And, like, last year or two years ago, they got a kicker traded for a fifth-round pick. So there are benefits to it. Like, if you have just really good players around you, you're going to get good results. You, your second half of preseason games, when you're throwing second stringers out there, there's actually NFL starters in your team. So it's dumb. It counts for nothing, really. But, I don't know, it's like that, that, that's a culture builder right there. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and, and being at the Ravens, nothing here, but they've been a very successful team over the last six, seven years. That's a part of it, I guess. But And I, and I hate to cross codes here, but going back to the league, and you've we've seen the Chooks been absolutely decimated. You know, we were speaking last week about one through 13. Essentially, they've lost a, um, a starter or a legend. And then you, you think about culture and depth and how important it is, and maybe that's a, that's applicable over here in the NFL as well, yeah. where you go, oh, well, if the shit hits the fan, and touch wood, but say, say you know, a, a Lamar... JK, well, Dobbins JK, is gone. You've JK's lost the starting JK, running back, so... JK's already gone, and then, you know, two or three or four guys go, go from the defense. To have that confidence to think, oh, well, we're, we're actually a really well-rounded 53-man squad here, and we might get yeah. through... Till um till January, um you know m- uh, maybe that's telling. Yeah, perhaps so. it's good you mentioned fifty three um because today was official cut day so all the teams were cutting down to fifty three um with the waiver wire to open the well, this evening for us or early early in the morning um so they do practice squads and have their claims uh, tomorrow that go through but let's run through some news in the game so. First game we had was Colts taking on the Lions. Not many starters here. The big news, of course, is going to be Wentz. He has been training, but he's on the COVID list at the moment, being in close contact. What happened with T.Y. Hilton? Yeah, apparently he's got a, some kind of inflamed disc in his neck. Um, yeah, Max doing the T.Y. Possibly <laughs> it's, it's too much of that, actually. I don't think he could do it. I don't think he'd be able to do it. <laughs> um, no, apparently this, is, this might be quite a, quite a serious one um, for T.Y. And, you know, we've spoken about Charles Nickel Clockstart and him coming back from, from a, a disc issue in his neck. Uh, so hoping it's not too serious for T.Y. Um, and then the big one, Wentz. Looked like he was going on the on the road to recovery, and then there's been a close contact um, with a COVID um, uh, positive case. The thing here with Carson is there was a big question mark around week one if he'd be able to come back anyway because of his foot. So maybe this isn't the worst thing ever. It it maybe they just extra rest. Maybe they just put a line through him. Jacob Eason's looked okay. Maybe he goes and, and takes week one, and then once you look at him coming back in week two or week three. But it's been very, it's been quite remarkable uh, the recovery of both Wentz and Nelson uh, coming back from these foot surgeries, which were like five weeks ago. So 
Um, that, that's probably the big news out of that one. Uh, moving into the Panthers and the Steelers, Sam Darnold played uh, a lot and played very well for Carolina here. For the year for him. Yeah, 19 of 25. And we go back um, uh, to what we are talking about before with um, different approaches in coaching here. So the, the Carolina approach was let's get Sam Donald some reps, you know, only been with the club for a, a few months. He went 19 of 25, 162 yards and two touchdowns. Steelers barely played any starters. Um, I, I think... You know, if we we go back to the AFC North here with with you, Mac, it's 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 a really tight division. You'd think Cincinnati are going to struggle, but then outside of that, the Steelers are going to have one of the best defenses getting around in the NFL. The Ravens are good on both sides of the football, and by all accounts, the Cleveland Browns are even better than they are last year. This will be a really interesting division to look at. Yeah, for sure. Uh, like, I'm definitely more worried about the Browns and the Steelers. Um, but, like, you know, those division matchups are always going to be hard no matter what. So, I think – I honestly think Roethlisberger's done. I think he can put a line through him. I don't think he finishes the season. Um, but that, that's the Steelers. Like, their defense is going to be really good. They've got Najee Harris. So, you know, an X factor. It's if that offensive line can stay healthy and hold up. They've still got a good elite, you know, like a, a pretty elite receiving core. They always develop the receivers as well. Well, you so, saw it last year with Roethlisberger. Like, they started real hot and then faded really yeah. towards the yeah. end. Um, and, you know, Roethlisberger kind of showing his age probably a little bit there too. So it'd be interesting to see how they start the year and then how they finish it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, but they, they could be a wild card for sure, Pittsburgh. I wouldn't rule them out at all. What are they the, AFC, the AFC drops they, away a fair bit. Are they 11-0? Yeah. And then lost their last five. Yeah. Eleven and five. Mm. So I mean, that's that that's dying in the ass if it ever is. But the AFC North had a real easy draw last year, from what I remember. Okay. Yeah, they didn't play Fuck anyone. The NFL, either. like. Yeah. The other notes we had there was Dwayne Haskins and Josh Dobbins. Uh, uh, Dobbs. I just checked it as well. Dobbs is on IR, and Haskins did make the team as the third cornerback, so they yeah. finish it well, off. He was actually really impressive uh, this year in the preseason formerly with the Washington football team and, and quite a high draft pick, I think. So, you know, if we think Big, Big Ben might be at the door, you know, sometime in the next two years, maybe, maybe Dwayne Haskins has got his eye on a starting job there uh, in, talented, in, in the Steel City. Yeah, for sure. Eagles and Jets, uh, we don't want to draw too much on this one. Uh, it was a drawn game, uh, which means the Jets go undefeated through the preseason. If we... Take a page out of the Ravens book, maybe that means something. If we take a page out of the season implications, I don't think that'll wreck <laughs> the season. Joe Flacco, uh, he was pretty good, pretty good for the Eagles. Mac, yeah, uh, obviously a, a Super Bowl winning quarterback with you guys. I think I think his uh, post Super Bowl contract uh, may have fucked you for about <laughs> five years after that, considering you had his post what. All your defense, yeah, and all these. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we, we got it. He's we actually got it. Super Bowl MVP winning quarterback. Thank you very much, Anthony. <laughs> You'll be well to fix that. Joe, right. I was having having a look of uh, a look at uh, Wikipedia. Yeah, Italian American uh, guys to play in the NFL. <laughs> uh, a great list. A great list, mind you. Uh, and of course, Joe Flacco's name uh, comes up in Giuseppe there. Flacco. 
Flacco, Flacco. The emo- they got the emoji now. Um, so yeah, <laughs> the Euros. That's all. Yeah, good. the Euros. Uh, the the hundred meters in the Olympics. The four by hundred meters in the Olympics. Uh, five gold medals on on the track, I believe. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> we're going deep. Dan Marino, Joe Montana, Teddy Bruschi, if you will. Yeah, well, you, you talk about Flacco, but they just traded for Minshew as well. So Minshew's going to the Eagles from the Jags, which could mean that Flacco's days are numbered um, with the Philadelphia Eagles. I just what do you find that one weird? What, like, what an interesting quarterback room that is. Yeah. With the three, I don't know if yeah. you can have polar opposites on a triangle, but let's go with that. These uh, <laughs> <laughs> are the... These are the three polar opposites. You got yeah. you got you know Gardner and Minshew. Minshew madness. The talk of Jacksonville not that long ago. Yeah. He's got a mullet. He's got a mustache, and you know he's a gunslinger. And Strappy. then you've got yeah. Super Bowl MVP Joe Flacco. You know got paid, but his best days are behind him. And then young Jalen Hurts, who uh, you know in his college career. Unbelievable, highly touted, possibly uh, gonna be gonna have some big big uh, role to play in the in the future of the Philadelphia Eagles. So um, a very interesting quarterback room there in the uh, in the city of brotherly love. Yeah, definitely. So I, I want to finish. Jalen Hurts into both of my fantasy drafts so far, so I did not love that trade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, short, maybe short lease, but two interesting points for this. Um, Zach uh, Wilson, of course, is going to be QB1 for them. What was interesting was Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones both being QB1s. I don't think Trey Lance was named as QB1. I think Jimmy G is going to start for them. Um, but, of course, and we've got it down here further, but um, Justin Fields also not named QB1. So the, it's interesting that both Fields and Lance um, not not getting a chance to start, whereas the other guys have had the chance to start. Different clubs, different situations, but I thought I'd mention that. Well, also was interesting that brings with that. Uh, Jalen Hurts, Mac Jones, and Tua yeah, all played at Alabama, all starting QBs. Then they've got the four first-round wide receivers all in the league from the same yeah. team. And I think that was that, the offense, yeah. yeah they were all the team at the same time. That's so sick. Yeah, I think yeah. they had all six first-rounders yeah. as well from that team. So, like, yeah. unreal Alabama team they've put the together. The quarterback room were all, are all starting this weekend. And then... It was five years ago or something, four years ago, the three of them. Yeah, so sick. So we'll move on from there. Chiefs versus uh, Vikings. Um, Kirk Cousins, couple series. Mon got the rest of it. Uh, Paddy Mahomes played a little bit, played like Paddy Mahomes. Uh, Kelsey Hill got a few touches. Uh, Vikings have sucked through preseason, and the Chiefs um, went 3-0. and Take with that as you will. Um, Kirk Cousins, famously one of the un- unvaccinated players. So I'd be interested to see how that plays out through the season. Um, not much to say here. Vikes did, didn't play any starters really throughout the whole preseason. So nothing really huge for the news for these either of these teams either. I don't think they've moved any guys. Bill's pack. So Bill shut out the Packers with two different – well, for, this is the classic two different approaches. Josh Allen, 20 of 26. I think it's the only game time he got during the preseason as well, but he absolutely smoked him. He uh, played a full half. Yeah. And then uh, Jack Fromm came out and then took over. Um, no starters for the pack. They went 0-3 through preseason, 3-0 for for the Bills as a comparison. What do you think of the uh, wide receiver room for the pa- Packers there, Pepe? 
Yeah, we're well, just having a look before the show. Uh, they've they've cut Equinemius St. Brown, who mm-hmm. I thought may have made made uh, the final 53-man team, but uh, they drafted Amari Rogers out of Clemson in the third round. Uh, he, he saw a lot of action this preseason. And and props to Malik Taylor, uh, who who I think was an undrafted guy. He's been on the practice squad and uh, and was on the on the team last year, but had minimal impact. Both those guys go in. Hard to gauge where they're at, considering pretty much the whole preseason. Well, Rogers didn't play a snap. Um, Jordan Love saw a fair bit at quarterback, and then the. A lot of the defensive starters, a lot of the offensive starters didn't play. We didn't see uh, Devontae Adams. We didn't see Aaron Jones. We didn't see Zadarius Smith, Jair Alexander. The list, the list goes on. Um, so very different uh, approaches, like like we've spoken about before in this potty, uh, as to how different coaches uh, kind of see preseason. Maybe they get off to a, pre, a, a slow start in the first few weeks. Um, but oh, as a Packers fan, that 0-3 start in the preseason, not too concerned about. I think they're the best team in the NFC North. I, I think that no they, matter. yeah, and 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 out outside of uh, outside of the reigning MVP, pe- people sleep on Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is a top ten running back. Devontae Adams, if not for a man named DeAndre Hopkins, is the best receiver in in the NFL. Um, that then that when we'll get to that, <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Their defense is young and just keeps getting better. Jair Alexander is a standout corner. So Darius Smith is becoming one of the premier uh, pass rushers in the league. And Kenny Clark didn't make that top hundred, but he's right up there in um on, at the de- defensive tackle position. None of them, none of them have played a preseason, so maybe there's a slow start, but. That they'll be there or thereabouts for an NFC championship again this year. They have good team. I think they can afford to. I think that division's weak as a piece, to be honest. Yeah, it Chicago is. might be a little bit flashy, but without having a – they're going to be changing their quarterback at some stage during the year. So well, I think it, they can it, afford to warm up. You're 100% right. Detroit are horrible, and, and you'd think Chicago and Minnesota – Probably won't be bothering anyone this year. No. So, so divisionally, divisionally, they don't get too too much of a challenge, and that's and that might have been the knock on um on the Packers the last few years in the fact that they've made two NFC Championship games and um and lost both of them. Uh, you know, maybe not uh, enough quality opposition to to face beforehand. Uh, but look, I think they win this division quite comfortably, and um, yeah, I think a lot. A lot of it comes down to the postseason. Yep. So the next matchup, we had the Ravens taking on the Washington football team. There wasn't a huge amount of stuff to talk out of this. Uh, of course, J.K. Dobbins being the massive news with the ACL injury. Uh, Matt, in a quicker speech than what Paps gave us for the Packers and stuff we haven't already talked about, do you want to give it any other thoughts on where the Ravens are going? Oh, no, they pants them. They were like seven, four touchdowns or something. So, um, yeah, 20 in a row, like I said, J.K. Dobbins, that was the big story coming out of that. Um, Lamar played his first bit, looked really good, um, hit up with Mark Andrews. Uh, Tyler Huntley, the, the backup, he's like a bit of a Lamar carbon copy. They were friends in high school, so anytime he does something good, Lamar's like cheering him on the sideline. It's really cool to see. Uh, good, man. He looks it'll be really them or the Browns. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. If I was a team, I'd like, like if I was Pittsburgh or Cleveland, I'd try and sign him to the scout team or something to try and help um, play against the Ravens. But it'll be them or Cleveland. Um, one will be a wild card, one will win the division. Yeah, I, the, the Dobbins injury is just so massive. I love Gus Edwards, but I don't know if he can be an RB1, especially without a, a solid backup. Um, again, like we were saying off there, Todd Gurley is there. Baltimore native um, has tried out with the team. So it'll be interesting. I think Lamar really balls out this year. Everyone's off him. People think that, you know, he's sort of a flash in the pan. They forget he was a unanimous MVP two years ago. Mm. I still go really well. The defense is stacked. But, yeah, as for Washington, (laughs) 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 They've got a good day and not much else. Their defense looks great. Right, they got Ryan Fitzpatrick, so they're going to be a lot of fun. And I've got um, Terry McLaurin and a couple of fantasy teams as well, so hopefully it's scary Terry here as well. So the next matchup, we have the Bears taking on the Titans. Not much to write about on the Titans at this moment. Um, they're dealing with COVID's probably their biggest issue. Uh, the Bears, on the other hand, of course, named Annie Dalton as their starter, and they do have Nick Foles. Uh, speaking of interesting um, quarterback rooms, they've got the two old journeymen, and then they got the young flash in the pan uh, being Justin Fields. Uh, who also, again, looked good for the Bears. So I don't think either of those two are going to be long for that team um, with Justin Fields going to take it over at some point. Probably when they start 0-3, um, they'll switch to Fields. Yeah, like, yeah, like Fields just looks so good. It's just a bit confusing for mine. Like, and I, like I still rate Andy Dole, and he probably is a starter, but I don't know. Like Matt Nagy, like this is their last year Like for Matt Nagy. He has to do something this year. So you think, oh, well, maybe it's kind of like, oh, I've got the young quarterback in my back pocket. So if things aren't looking great, you know, I've got one more card to play. Whereas if you start fields and you shit, uh, I've played all my cards. Like, you know, Andy Dalton's not going to save me my job. You know, if Dalton, if they can go three and three with Dalton and then bring in fields and make a wild card run. Yeah. But They play the Rams week one. Uh, so I don't know if that had anything to do with Nagy. <laughs> save Justin Fields from getting... Yeah, that's that's my only thinking. Uh, I think we see Justin Fields within the first four weeks of the NFL season here. I agree to that. The next matchup was Bucks taking on Texans. Texans are going to stink and probably go on 16, as previously said. Monks, what do you think of Bucks? 17. Yeah, yeah, not much here. Um, Like you said, Houston is going to suck this season. Um, I suppose probably really only kind of takeaway from myself was Trask looked better. Um, this game, the last game, did lose a couple of fumbles. Um, Houston's running backs, I don't think they know what they're doing at the moment. Um, got a lot of running backs on the list there that need to sort out. Other than that, do you yeah, think the Bucks can repeat? Of course. Um, yeah, look. Well, they, it's gonna be they, interesting. They kept they kept all their starters. So. They kept all their starters. Um, Saints Saints are gonna have an interesting season this year. So um, that division's gonna be. I mean, it's gonna go one way or another. I think um, Tampa's gonna be clear favourites ahead, or they're gonna be vying for it with with Saints. Um, I can't I see think, Panthers. I off think you're being modest. Or... I think you're being modest here, Mugs. I think the Bucks. That they win the NFC South hands down this season. 
They'll paint the other. Yeah, well, yeah. I you always got to be a little bit wary of the Saints. Um, but yeah, he's just worried of Lassick wins and over here, buddy. Uh, can see the field yeah. of last. He's going to go thirty and ten instead of thirty thirty. I mean, it's you could see what Winston was doing with with the Bucks. Um, and not to take anything away from the Bucks lineup and um, Arians, but like moving across the Saints is is nothing is not nothing either. Like they've got a fairly good team there, um, and they've been they've looked okay preseason as well. Um, yeah, for me it'd be interesting. Um, you always do. I mean, yeah, how many NFL teams do repeat? I guess is the other other question. So very few. Um, very difficult. Yeah, whether that's a cliff that they fall off a little bit this season, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, yeah, still, it's preseason, so I haven't really got too many opinions. Well, I mean, the last quarterback to do it was your quarterback, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's good play design. To think of that. Yeah, the team was so stacked though. That try on, like oh. the first round pick, is a try on to Ed Rusher. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. animal. Yeah, and they just throw him in, like just add him to the line. Oh yeah, yeah pretty scary. Um, you see, um, they they announced their NFL top hundred. Uh, the final ten came through this week. Um, but going back to the whole list, the Bucks have four li- all four linebackers made made the top hundred. Yeah. Yeah, they really did it for us last season. Um, yeah, yeah, can't complain. Very modest over here. So the next matchup was my Broncos taking on the Rams. Not much to write home about the Rams because they played no stars throughout the whole preseason, um, besides the Cam Akers injury and the Sony Michelle trade and the and Darrell Donald Hennison. Um, Daryl Daryl Henderson, Daryl, Daryl Henderson um, injury. Um, the ASCII is still good. It's good in my absence. Yes. Still going. <laughs> I, got, I got two hours in this time, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> the Broncos on the other side, um, uh, they look good, pretty good. The biggest concerns are always going to be offense. The defense finally looks like it has in the past. So back up to being a very stingy look. Scary defense. on paper. Fuck, that's yeah. a good defense on paper. We we have the highest paid um, secondary in the league, so let's hope we're probably going to need it taking on the Chiefs, Chargers, and um, Raiders. They've got some weapons over there, so we'll see how that goes. And a, and a healthy healthy Miller and Chubb will be very interesting because we haven't seen that for for extended periods. Uh, in total, over the last three years, they've played twenty games together. I think in total. Yeah, right. And their numbers compared from that versus where there's just one of them, they're significantly different. So. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully both can come into the season raring to go. Um, Vaughn looks vintage Vaughn, so I'm really excited to see how that team goes. Um, Seahawks taking on the Chargers was up next. Nothing much to write home in this game. Um, uh, really, really no no starters. Uh, the the Hawks did it easy, 27 zip. No no injury uh, news out of that one. We may as well get stuck into the Jags and Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence played a bit. He had one. He had more touchdowns than incompletions. Uh, he looked like a number one uh, overall draft pick. Uh, and I was thinking that uh, Hard Knocks boys on uh, the the Dallas Cowboys would be interesting. Mm-hmm. He didn't win a game. Mm. Have you copped any of it yet? Yeah, I've seen the first two episodes. Yeah, I, I, re- I really like Dak Prescott. I, I think he's he's a stand up bloke. He's a um, 
he's obviously a weapon. When he went down last year, he was leading, I think, I think yards he was on top of in the NFL. and well, was he was on track for like 6,000 yards or something. Yeah, and, yeah, and up, up there for touchdowns. Their offense, if they all stay healthy, should be right. there yeah. or thereabouts for the best in the league. Yep. Yeah, they got first. Oh, definitely. Actually, no. He's Gallup first round. No, he was the second, wasn't he? I yeah. think, yeah. yeah. Gallup, like, Gallup would be a wide receiver one on a lot of teams. If he's, he's, at, their third, he's their third receiver. If Michael Gallup was at the Detroit Lions this year, oh. we'd, we'd, we'd be talking about... Mate, he's he's a he's a third round yeah. in your in your in your draft. Get around Michael Gallup, but because there's guys like Amari Cooper and C D Lamb there, and you've got Ezekiel Elliott and and that line. maybe the best offensive line in the yeah. NFL. Um, they'll be firing offense and and look drafted well on on the defensive side. Obviously, gaping holes last year, but um, what do we think? Do, do we think they win the NFCs? Uh, against the teams that come up against, probably. I, don't, I think, actually, all those teams are probably very close. Uh, I think uh, Washington, uh, with their defense, you know, they're, they're the, the complete opposite of what the Cowboys are. They're heavy defense, a bit light on offense. Um, the Eagles are probably a bit average across that, but I don't think they'll compete with those two. Um, so, yeah, that for mine is kind of where it's at. And the Giants are just going to be shit, so... Oh, I wouldn't sleep on the Giants. On paper, they've got quite a good team, but it's purely on what Daniel Jones does. Does he make a leap in year four now? Three, I think. No. no he's he's the same. Oh, uh, he might be three because Lamar's four. Oh, Lamar's yeah. Four. He was a year after Lamar. Yeah, so it must be last year. Three. So hey, you, you you know now you'll know halfway through the season if Daniel Jones is your quarterback. Yep. They've got everything there. But they bought well, so they just need to put it all. I think we can all agree that division is going to be stink no matter what yeah, for another 12 months at least. <laughs> yeah, it must. The next game was the uh, Dolphins taking on the Bengals. Um, Joe Barrow had a series. Um, Jamar Chase was dropping footballs again, so he, I think he had one catch in the entire preseason. It's a bunch of drops. A bit concerning, but interesting to see how that goes. Um, mm. Dolphins, on the other hand, I think are kind of. Starting to round out nicely. I think Tua had a pretty good game in this. Um, be interesting to see what they can do going forward um, as a club, knowing that they actually no, it wasn't it wasn't the Eagles. What I said before it was um, the Dolphins had a deal in place for Watson, so they basically had it all agreed and ready to go. Um, but the Dolphins balked at the uh, balked, sorry, at the um, price that they were asking for, which was I think three firsts and two seconds. Mm. So they're yeah, split, apparently. The, the yeah. coaching staff in the front office, they're split about getting going for Watson. Yeah, what, does that say what, is it, what does that say? They've they've gone out and drafted him with a you know, a very early draft pick. But by the way, we, we might throw five picks at Deshaun Watson. Well, I think I it's... think if it's involving Tua, so it'll be two first and Tua back right. that way. Because it's an upgrade. Like, you... If you'll show you what Tua is, you need to be fired up now, Tua, and say, yeah, I'm young, but I'll, I'll yeah. be fucking good one day. Deshaun Watson's a top-five quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Everything, you yeah. know, on-field. So you, you can't blame them for looking there. They've got the capital. You so build think, this capital to make a team better, whether it's through the draft or trading it for exactly. good players. Yeah. I think the comparison yeah. is, you know, Watson's the better athlete and he's got better arm talent. That's clear to for everyone to see. Um, it's just, you know, 
now we just talk about the mental aspect of the game and kind of uh, where Deshaun Watson is at the moment um, versus yeah. where Tua is. Like, who knows? Um, but I don't think anything's happening there until um, this criminal investigation kind of decides what's going to happen, whether they're going to take that forward or not. Um, if not, then I think Watson will end up settling with all the ladies. Um, they'll go away and then he'll get back to playing football, but who knows? The fuck? <laughs> a lot of ladies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll bring. I'll, I'll talk about that off air. But anyway, uh, <laughs> next next match, Forty uh, ers take on the Raiders. Uh, Trey Lance had a bit of a minor thing injury. Nothing to worry about. Apparently, I don't think the Raiders played too many starters throughout preseason at all. Forty um, ers had a little bit of Jimmy G. I think Jimmy G's got been picked as the starter. Um, but what do you, what do you think of Forty ers actually? Defensively, very overrated. I think health is probably the thing. Yeah, I, I probably agree with you, Matthew. There, everyone talks about how awesome their defense and their talent is, but they've got to be healthy and they've got to be all out there playing. I'm not a huge fan of their offense at all. Jimmy D's been hurt. Debo Samuel's been hurt. Not sure about their running backs. Mustard's been hurt. Um, is it the Sermon? I think's been hurt as well. So, yeah, they um, everyone just expects. You know, two years ago, 49ers, when they lost to, they just, they should have won the Super Bowl. Cole Shanahan, genius. I don't rate this team at all. I think they are, a, I think they are a below 500 team. Their line set at 10 or 11. I may be, I may be made to look stupid, but this team's going under on all their, I, I just, they're a middle of the pack team. And in that division, I think Arizona get really good this year. Seattle yeah. have Russell Wilson. LA will be one of the better teams. I think they are fourth in their division. I think they are, they are very overrated. That's, Don't forget that's, head that's, the big, that's the big point for mine, Jim, is that the strength of that division. Yeah. yeah. We were talking about the NFC East before. You put the the 49ers in that division, I think we're it. <laughs> it's a different story. But we, we talk about Arizona and the way that they've bought and Kyle are just getting better. Uh, that they're they're gonna they're probably favorites, favorites to win the division. We talk about the Rams defense and uh and with with Stafford coming in. And then and then we talk about the Seahawks and and Danger Russ and and one of the most dynamic offenses getting around in the NFL. I don't know if it's so much the 49ers. They've got a lot to like, but I just think in that division very difficult. Hmm. Yeah, defensive so Niners and Titans are the two most overrated teams. I think everyone loses their minds over. You take Derek Henry out of that team. They're they're cooked. And Niners, I just don't have any faith in that team across the board. Cole Shanahan is his great coach. He was winning twenty eight three in a Super Bowl as the <laughs> offensive coordinator, and he lost that. This offensive genius. Run the fucking ball. Um, <laughs> so the other point I wanted to make was their defensive um, coordinator, um, well known one, is now the head coach of the New York Jets as well. So with all that uh, defensive prowess, they've also got a new defensive coordinator over there. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. Well said, Yeah, Robert Salah. Um, Pat's Giants was the next match, and I think this the kind of big news out of this was Cam. Uh, Cam Newton actually getting cut. Um, I think he was on like 7 mil for this year. Like It wasn't huge money. They also cut Hoyer, so it looks like Jared Stidham is going to be the backup to Mac Jones, who's been named the starter. Um, Stidham's actually undergoing back surgery at the moment as well. Yeah, I think he's meant to be right, though. So that's... It's um, weird you wouldn't keep it. Like, you're not paying yeah. a lot of money. Like, yeah, or Hoya. Like, why are you getting rid of another veteran just because you can keep it? I don't know. Yeah. But well, I, I think 
rumors are that they'll re-sign Hoyer. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Kind of getting back on a bet minimum sort of deal. Yeah. So I think Stidham's gone in for back surgery, so he's on the reserve list. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So he's out for a couple, well, at least the start, start of the season. I guess work back in, but yeah. Yeah, a bit of a the fall for grace continues for Cam. Um, the ever since the Super Bowl Fifty where Denver broke him, he just hasn't been the same since there after being the MVP that year. Mm. Did anyone like, see this coming? Yeah, uh, not cutting him. Like Cut, no, cutting him. Well, no. maybe not cutting him. I always, I thought they would trade him. Like like I said I a couple of weeks ago, if play. if Jones was going to start Week One, there's no room for Cam in the team. Like, I think, like, we did talk about his leadership and how he could, I guess, mentor um, Jones through it, but I just think from a personality-wise, maybe even an attitude-wise, like, I don't th- see him as that backup, supporting backup quarterback. Um, yeah, and I don't know how much that plays it, played into the decision. Um, I don't know where the decision came from, but, yeah, I just didn't – I couldn't see Cam sitting there if Jones was starting – uh, week one. Yeah, and I think uh, oh, another really interesting point coming out of our draft show um, earlier in the year, um, we've, I think we asked the question, who would be, if we had to pick a quarterback who was going to have the best year this year, I think we all picked Mac Jones because we thought, you know, if he gets that starting job, um, he could just run away with it. And he's on a better team than, say, the others are, um, falling there to the Patriots a little bit. Patriots, I don't think, have any receiving options, but maybe he gets his tight ends back. They can do some stuff there. Should have all the defensive starters back as well from last year that were sitting out. So uh, Patriots maybe a sneaky good team. It really depends on what Mac Jones can do. If he can keep this preseason form go, who knows what he could be. He's looked good so far. Yes. Yeah, there's no arguing that. Mm. I just want to talk about the 2015 Denver defense and how awesome they were. <laughs> See, that's a long time ago. That's six years ago. Yeah. Like you say, who saw this coming? Oh. It's been a long time coming, really, for Cam. Yeah, he's... You know, he was destroyed after that, been injured heaps. Um, I just want to point Von Miller destroying Cam Newton, um, ruining his entire career. Um, but Cam after that was also, you know, injured a lot. They really struggled to keep him healthy, shoulder injuries. That's why Panthers let him go and Patriots tried to rebuild him. He didn't really throw real well. Um, running, he's running still excellent. So, I don't know, maybe you should try out for tight end, do a Tebow. <laughs> well, I suppose that's the question. Where where to from here for him? Um, Houston. Houston? Yeah, that, that seems like the most likely Tyler's uh, going to get injured. End, end point. But, yeah, that may be the last we've seen of Cam Newton. Mm. Yeah. Bit of a sad end. MVP to yeah. nothing straight after it. That's it. Well, yeah, we were talking about running backs a little bit earlier. Seems like the same thing with some of these quarterbacks as well. Cam is technically a running back playing quarterback. <laughs> I'll, I'll put that out there. He, oh, first yeah. of his kind of generation, like he was a good quarterback, but he also he, ran fuckloads. So. He was a defensive yeah. end playing <laughs> who was one of the best red zone rushing options at quarterback that's ever lived. Yeah. Uh, and let's not sell him short on that. And a former NFL MVP. No, definitely. But, yeah. It's it's weird how, how it can change. Yeah. To finish us off, um, Browns talk on the Falcons. Not a huge amount to write. Falcons suck. Browns didn't play any starters. Still went three and zero during the preseason. Um, look like they've got a good squad. Falcons not so much. 
Uh, and the last game was the Cardinals taking the Saints. This game, of course, was cancelled due to um, the Hurricane uh, Ida hitting uh, the Florida region, unfortunately. So hopefully everyone down there is okay. Um, Peace out, man. Oh, it disappears to go to have a wee break. But we're going to talk very quickly about the NFL Top 100. Um, the Top 10 uh, was announced. Ed Mahomes at one, Donald at two, Rogers at three, Henry at four, Kels at five, Adams at six, Brady was seven, Hopkins was eight, JJ, TJ Watt was nine, and then Allen was number 10 to ran us all out. Yeah, it's what you- two, two defensive players, so that's where the game's at now. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to, it's got, it's so subjective. You can make this all you want. I think Rogers probably is, on this list, I think Rogers is the one stiffed. Just because he's had an MVP year last year and he's still the second quarterback. I understand Mahomes is the generational talent, but. Yeah. See, my point was going to be don't you think Mahomes is so streets in a way the number one player in the game at the moment? Oh, he's by far the best quarterback, but. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> yeah, 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 but yeah, he didn't even win MVP. Like, you know, the yeah. guy who won MVP is behind him. But yeah. I think if you polled. Any, they'd say Mahomes for anyone, with, you know, without being biased oh, exactly. to their own team. If you had to pick like a Mahomes is franchise, that, you pick him Mahomes. Yeah, 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 100%. Just that sort and of I guess, field test where yeah, you don't look at the stats or anything, you just based on game gameplay. Yeah. Yeah, Mahomes is by far the most electric, I guess. And yeah. Like, who would you both want tomorrow playing for your team, Mahomes or Rogers? Oh, you take. Mahomes, because you know how good he is, and then you probably got him for the next ten years. So yeah, <laughs> Rogers. Well, then right. again, Rogers, if he's going to do Brady, he could play every play for the next ten years anyway. But even say you got one game tomorrow, we got the aliens versing us. Who's our starting quarterback? Who's Earth's starting quarterback? Like you know, it's Mahomes. Alien. Yeah. You pick Brady Mahomes. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. exactly. Yeah, Mahomes can't play for us because he's <laughs> he'll be on the, <laughs> the other team. I, I, yeah, I just think it's. I, I think he'll be number one player for the next five years, which would be it'd be pretty cool. Who's been number one the most? It'll be him for a long time. Uh, and then again, I think Donald is so far and away the best defensive player. Correct. Like, is it four of the last five or three of the last four defensive player of the year? Whoa. I think it might be three of the last four. Three know. last. You, no, I think you're right. Four of the last five. I think he's won three straight and he's missed one and then he won the one before that. Like he's just so dominant in the middle, it just wrecks the game. Yeah. And you think, oh well, if we just draft a good defensive tackle. Like, like no, no, that's not how it works. There is no Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald, you can't build your organization around trying to get an Aaron Donald because there is no Aaron Donald out there. By all accounts, um, Aaron Donald won Defensive Player of the Year last year on a down year compared to his previous years. Yeah, <laughs> like it's you know. <laughs> That, that was my only argument against Donald for the Defensive Player of the Year because he wasn't as good as he was when he won it. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still, his own competition yeah, is him. So, but yeah, the rest of the list, you know, you, you, God, you can slip them up and down however you want your personal what? preference. Brady's I mean, interesting because, yeah, like I think we all say he's the best of all time, but is he, uh, I don't know, he's still seventh on this list at age 97, so... Well, you, you pick talent. You, you talk about guys, and if you're talking talent, you know, um, uh, Brady's talent talent isn't athletic. It's what's between the ears. That's his talent. Yeah. That well, leadership yeah, yeah. capability, that's... One of one. Yeah, one of one. By far one of one. Um, which Allen was it? Is it, are we talking Keenan Allen, or are we talking... 
I'd imagine it's Josh. Josh Allen. Keenan Allen's doing very well to be top ten. Josh Allen. So there was four quarterbacks in the top ten. That draft's so interesting. Like it went. uh, Baker one, Donald three, Allen seven, Rosen ten, I think. And Lamar's thirty-two. I think he was twelve. I think Rosen was twelve. I'd do skull anyway, with ten. To me, it's because where's Josh Rosen? Mm. Oh, oh cut. He signed English. with someone. He did Falcons. sign with someone. Um, with the Falcons. Falcons. I knew Red. I saw Red, but I was like, yeah. it wasn't the Cardinals because they cut him. So the, yeah, so it's it's crazy to see that part. Like Baker, first pick. You know, it's kind of make or break for Baker. Donald already on his second team. Yeah. Josh yeah. Allen's now, you know, t- what top ten player in the league. Yeah, Rosen. But- it's just going to be a backup forever. And then Lamar was at the back end. So I won't start talking about Lamar. But, you know, five guys in the same draft, five is past. Pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, and they'll be compared um, forever. So. Lamar was my favourite in that draft class too, by the way. <laughs> Rosen was picked number 10. Yeah, I just checked it. He was 10. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Any other thoughts on the NFL top 10? No, um, all deserve cool. to be there. Yeah. Some, some thoughts on our receivers list. Um, I did mention you boys in the <laughs> chat today. Uh, we, we we did make a top ten list earlier in the year of our of our favourite receivers, and the players agreed with me. All ten of my receivers in the top hundred. Not uh, can't say the same for you boys. It wasn't about the top ten players, perhaps. It was the top ten receivers. So. You- I put Odell in mind, so that was probably silly, but <laughs> we'll see. Hey, bounce back, yeah. He could be straight back in there. Could be, could be. Have, yeah. you, seen, have you seen some of his warm-ups in pre-season? Like, he hasn't yeah. played that much, but he's, he's ca- catching deep outs with one hand just for mm. shits and giggles. Yeah, he's a friend. Yeah. With that, I think that will wrap up NFL um, for this week. It's uh, flat that there's a buy next week. Like, yeah, there's no games away from that one. But it gives us plenty to talk about. We can have a full preview of uh, of the games. I think we've we got yeah, two yeah. episodes to talk about it. So we might have to have a little bit of NFL fantasy draft chat as well. Yes, yeah. yeah. Saturday fantasy is yeah. starting yeah. up. Yeah. I'm going to need a lot of reminders for that, by the way. <laughs> You'll get it. Say to people that draft before the last preseason game, what's going through their head? Because as we saw this weekend. It can it can really change the whole season for a few players. People are busy, Tone. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Not everyone's stuck in lockdown. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, let's move into the final round and the kick off our final round. We're going to talk some boxing, uh, the big boxing events. There hasn't been a huge amount of UFC. Um, there's been one or two fight nights, but nothing really major to talk about. But in boxing. We had Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley being the main card um, over the weekend. Um, there was a few other boxing fights on that. Probably the other big name was Tommy Fury, um, which is, I think, mm. what's possibly uh, Jake Paul's angling for next, um, mm. if he can't get Canelo. Um, if. I, if, yeah, should it. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Jake Paul versus Woodley. Um, ended up in a split decision. Um Fight wasn't toted to go the full eight rounds. Um, everyone thought there'd probably be a stoppage at some point. Did go the whole eight rounds, went to the judge's decision. No championship rounds in this. What do you guys think of the fight? 
bit boring for mine. Yeah, it was uh, a bit boring. Yeah, they, they both had a crack. I was very, very interested to see the odds beforehand had um had Jake overwhelmingly to knock out Tyron. Um, that was the, yeah, that was the bet. Yeah, and and the I thought the distance was was uh was the cash there and it did go the distance. Look, not not unanimous either. Uh, for for mine, Jake won the fight. He, he was more aggressive. He got on the front foot uh, more than Tyron did. But it, it was perhaps closer than the results suggested. No, split decision. So that shows you how close it was. Tyrone laid the best shot of the match when he yeah. fucking put um, Paul on the ropes. That was massive. That was good. But other than that, um, Jake just looked a better boxer, which yeah. I guess he is. <laughs> Woodley's not a boxer. Yeah. Um, it's kind of gross yeah. to think that Jake Paul is a boxer, but... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe people need to stop sleeping on him because he's actually pretty good. Mm. And yeah. like, like Ben Askren and Tyrone Woodley are fighters, not boxers, but they're they're fighter enough, they're boxer enough that you actually have to credit him for beating these guys. Yeah, they're yeah. not scrubs. They're good. They're like, yeah, they're both fucking old blokes that are way past their primes, but he's beaten them and their names that we know. So, yeah. yeah. But for me, watching it, um, I think you hit the nail on the head. With it being a bit boring, was the um, Jake was content to counterpunch and Woodley really couldn't wouldn't push the action and cut him off and land any big shots. Well, try to try to throw shots. Um, he did land the most power punches, but he didn't throw as many power punches as Jake. So take that as you will in the eyes of the judges. Um, technically, from a say pure punching perspective, I thought um, Woodley had better technique. Um, it's a bit hard to say when you're not throwing the volume. So I think he needed more volume to probably push those judges to, to vote for him because, yeah, otherwise Paul was just ranking up rounds, um, winning points. Um, do I do I think Jake Paul goes out there and beats uh, Canelo? Fuck no. He won't beat a boxer. No. Well, so Tommy Fury, I mentioned it uh, in the intro there, was uh, on the undercut. When he's in a decision as well, Probably dominated. Probably should have done a bit more to finish that fight off. Um, but he's he's the chat for the next one for for Jake uh, to take that on because uh, Fury got got a bit of the Love Island following after being on that show in the UK. And of course, has got a well known cousin. I think it is. Um, I can't remember the exact relation oh, brother, between step stepbrother. Yeah. There you go. Um, Tyson. He's actually he's he's a good looking rooster. I'm glad he was on Love. He's pretty good looking. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was my takeaway as well, Peps. He's a... <laughs> Mate, don't worry about boxing. You, you keep everything up here intact, and I think uh, Ralph yeah, Lauren yeah. or Hugo Boss or one of the other, um, you know... They are um, doing... Yeah, the one... Decision. Yeah. The yeah, one so, that, I, that was good during the... Fight when um Connor did you see what he tweeted? Negative. He just tweeted salivating. That's what oh. he said. Was salivating. Yeah. And then it, and then Jake was asked. Yeah, Jake was asked in the conference. He's like, oh, you know, Connor was tweeting during your match, and he's like, Connor's you know got to sober up. He's just worried about his alcohol. He, you know, he's one fight in his last four years. I'm five and oh, I'm on the up. He's on the down. I'd love that. Yeah. I don't care how much Jake Paul gets paid. I want to see kind of fucking land a couple of lefts right in his face. Someone has to do it eventually. Lost that round, but 
again, the size difference. Like, Connor is a lot yeah. smaller than Jake. Yeah. I, I would love to see Jake Paul call out a, a boxer of his size. Yeah. Well, let, put it this way. Canelo's a two. Canelo's, Canelo's a, a fair bit smaller. Yeah. Yeah. But then, he'll dust him. I hope that fight happens. Yeah. Pure talent-wise, yeah, he'll dust him. I, I don't think Canelo's going to take it. Unless they're putting 100 mil on the table. But yeah. who knows? We'll see. So that, that that's probably it. Tommy Fury, Conor McGregor, Canelo, they're, they're the kind of guys on the list of potential next fights for Jake. Um, he's going to keep doing his celebrity fights and uh, making bulk cash in the process. Why not? True, why not? <laughs> Boys, run us through the F1. It was one of the, the weirdest races I've ever seen. Uh, casual fan here, full disclosure. Uh, but I didn't realise you could win an F1 race after two laps. Run us through it. <laughs> yeah, so it was pretty crazy. Um, the whole – it was in Spa, it was in Belgium. Um, the entire race weekend was wet. Um, mm. Quali was completely wet. Uh, so Norris had a big crash. Ricardo finished fourth. You had uh, Russell in second and uh, Verzathen was one. Hamilton was third. Um we talked, uh, I think we talked a little bit last week. No, maybe we, yeah, we did cover it. And um, with uh, um, Vettel uh, kind of coming up to Lando after the big crash and just saying, hey, how you going? Making sure he's all good. Um, then we had, um, you know, and Vettel was annoyed. We wanted the race red flagged at that point. But then we get into the actual race day, um, which, as you mentioned, Pets, was the silliest of all time. Uh, they lined up. Uh, to have the race uh, was raining. It was raining all day. Um, they did some warm-up laps, formation laps. Uh, it was raining a little bit, and then the rain throughout the day just got worse. So essentially, you got maybe three, four hours worth of coverage. Um, as we lose the Mac there for a minute, we've lost the Mac. That's yeah. right. His internet's fucked up. Hopefully, he can just join straight back in. Um, yep. <laughs> but the. So I don't know how much you would be adding on this F1 conversation. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep powering through. If he loves technical regulations, the three to four hours worth of F1 coverage, um, that is probably all they talked about throughout the time because they weren't sure if the race had started or if it hadn't, how much yeah. time they had to complete the race, et cetera. Uh, but well, in the end... On top of rain, that as well, so um, before the formation lap, uh, Sergio Perez crashed. So before the race even started. So he had retired from the race. But because the race had, because they had delayed the race for so long, they were able to repair his car before the start of the race. Um, and then they were trying to work out whether or not he could actually race because he had retired but still had a car to race. So I think there was a lot of chat about that for most of the lead up to whatever was the race in the end. Um, so yeah. I think he ended up did did running and got like a five place grid penalty from the start. Um, so dropped down the order, but yeah. Didn't score any points because um, they would, I think, would have made him 11th. Um, yeah. But yeah, in the end, um, they did two laps behind um, the safety car, um, which, so they need to do a minimum of two laps to classify the race to get half points, and they need to do a f- um, 75% of the laps. Uh, to classify it as a full race to get all the points. So yep. they get half points. Um, the the race ends up being as standing. 
um, as a qualifying, etc. Exactly. Um, so we had uh, Verstappen uh, finished first, as Monkey mentioned in the shadow beer. Williams was um, second. Uh, then you had Hamilton in third, who had a bit of a portaloo run in, um, <laughs> which again was funny for the coverage, uh, but. <laughs> we'll have to wait probably till Drive to Survive comes out, I think, to get the full story of that. But it sounds like he went into a portaloo after um, a French cameraman had been in there. Um, <laughs> and let's just say there was a bomb left for him. Uh, so uh, he was on team radio. <laughs> like, he was full mic'd up, so they they got all the audio for it. Um, <laughs> our boy Ricardo finished fourth um, in his 200th race. Probably wasn't real happy post-match, of course. It was um, post-race because it was a bit of a farce. Um, you know, the money talks. We only get two laps in. We did something. Hope the fans get all their money back. They spent four hours standing there on the hill in the rain, got nothing. Um, so in the end, it was a massive non-event, which is really disappointing for Spa because it's an excellent racetrack. Um, mm. Some of the older commentators, Mark Brundle, uh, Martin Brundle, sorry, who was um, drove in the 80s and the 90s, um, said, we raced in worse weather than this. Um, of course, he's like, that's why I don't get an opinion on this because it is really dangerous. Um, <laughs> I, I know I've gone through. It's like the, the whole, you know, I used to play football with no helmets um, versus, versus like helmets are good now. Um, but yeah, you could see it was dangerous. They couldn't see the car in front of them at all with the water spray or rooster tail that comes over the back of cars. It's just impossible to see. And you don't want to have massive accidents like you had in the, um, I think I sent you guys the, uh, the Formula... I think it's the F is it F1W or F2W, uh, the women's race division. They had four got, four ladies went off at the same corner, that high-speed corner of Spa, and then one car mm. ended up like 12 foot in the air. Like That's what they don't want, so they have to be careful. It's, so, it's life and death. It's literally life and death, so you don't want to be fucking around with that. Yeah. Um, no. the, the, the old dinosaurs would say, oh, we used to race in that. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> People, people can die, and yeah, and his co- his colleagues well, actually had died in races. So yeah, yes, yeah. yeah, and cars go a little bit faster these days as well, so impacts a little bit heavier. Shout um, out to the seventy five thousand that rocked up there at Spa. I agree a hundred percent with Danny Rick. Maybe they should have got their money back for the day, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll uh, look forward to the next race. Where do, where do they go to now on the uh, on the circuit, boys? So the triple header, uh, next one's in the Dutchland. They go, it's the Dutch GPs up next. So I'm just literally up the road from where they were in Belgium. Um, Deutschland, it, Germany. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, that's the Netherlands. Netherlands, sorry. So Dutch Grand Prix in the Netherlands. Confusing, it's not quite Deutschland, however. Uh, yeah. <laughs> one one now and one consonant away there. Um, just, so... Final point, just to finish up on the F1 news. Sorry, Peps. Uh, got it here. Well, it's, it's kind of big news. Bottas is looking likely to join Alfa Romeo after Kimi Raikkonen, I think, is going to retire for the second time. Uh, he was out of F1 for a little while. I'm not sure if he retired or he just wanted to do other racing. He did rally racing and stuff like that. Uh, but it looks like uh, Kimi's going to retire. Freeze out of that spot. It looks like Mercedes is going to have enough of... Uh, Bottas and Bottas will go John Alfa Romeo, which means George Russell, who's been loaned to Williams, will get that seat most likely and be the number two driver with Lewis Hamilton next year, um, which uh, I think is a really good good news for uh, Russell, who I believe is only 22 from memory. So that's F1 news. Moving into the golf, uh, 
right down the business end of the golf season, and we saw one of the most spectacular playoffs that you'll ever see, Bryson DeChambeau going up against Patrick Cantlay there at the Caves Valley course in uh, just northwest of Baltimore. Beautiful course, uh, I must say, and, and great to see crowds there at the golf. Um, I think there's one thing that we can take out of this six-hole six playoff to, to determine a golf, uh, a golf tournament here. Bryson DeChambeau cannot putt. <laughs> yes, we knew this. He can drive. He can't putt. <laughs> right. You uh, you drive for show and you putt for dough. And Patrick Cantlay showed it in spades here. Yeah. No, I don't know. I think you're a bit harsh on him. The arm lock. <laughs> he gets the, the, the yeah, he needs to cut that off. Just put two hands on on your grip and putt it normally. He, oh, he dropped a couple massive eagle putts in. I think you're stiff on DeChambeau. I hate that bastard so much. <laughs> he, he, uh, he he dropped them in, but when the playoff came around, he had multiple opportunities to end it, and he and he couldn't drop one. Well, that's because he's a douchebag, you see. <laughs> DeChambeau. DeChambeau is where they get the reference. It was so weird, though, because, like, you'd see him, like, handle the pressure like because he what on one of, in one of the um on one of the holes he hit it into the water and then was able to recover it for yeah. a par part i think um so he's he's able to handle the pressure with like those really tricky i guess iron or wedge shots but then as soon as he gets on the green like you know like more than nine foot he just yeah just crumbles and maybe we're we're being a bit harsh on the bloke the ones that were missing were grabbing the rim and going the going oh, Very close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He burnt, yeah, couple lived. Good stuff. It made his life a lot more handbrake. He probably drains most of those. But uh, Patrick Cantlay goes into next weekend uh, down there in Georgia. Uh, it's, it's a staggered start. So he'll start two shots ahead. And then uh, I think Ram. And uh, and DeChambeau, uh, a bunch of them on his tails. Only thirty of them to play this weekend. The winner takes home a cool fifteen million dollars. Not bad. Hey. Pretty cool concept. Yeah. yeah. Good money for a real winner. nice. Yeah, wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind coming thirtieth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey. Yeah. Two more to finish up. Uh, EPL was up next. Um, how quickly things can change. We talked all about City, or well, Man City, um, with Ronaldo going there. Uh, one day it changed. One yeah. day. Well, a couple of hours. Was, I mean, it was overnight for us. We went to bed, broke up, and then he was at Man United. Locked in, and then, yeah. It sounds <laughs> like Ferguson got on the blower. Oh, I made a call. Uh, I made a call straight to Madrid. <laughs> uh, <Turin>, sorry. Sydney. <laughs> Yeah, got him on the blower and just said, "Hey, where are your memories made?" Yeah, yeah. You want the legacy, don't ruin it. It's brilliant. It. It's great. It's going to be so sick when he comes back. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. So I think he, he signed. He's passed his physical. I'm not sure he plays this week, but he might play next week. No, no, it's the week after. Like he's coming. Like he's in. He's been t- like you know he's done his photo shoot and everything. The, the big question will be: Will Cavani give up the number seven jersey? Yeah. I wonder if. Yeah, I wonder because. 
there was a funny one. He was like, I was never going to give it to Sancho. Sancho came, you know, he's just a young buck. I'm not going to give him the seven. You know, he hasn't even been there 12 months. So, you know, this is a guy who, you know, the best number seven United have ever had. So it'll be very interesting if, you know, Ronaldo pushes for it or that's just very exciting. No, he's going to get it. He will get the seven uh, by all reports. You can't can't rebrand him as CR26. (laughs) (laughs) No, it just doesn't have the same. Kobe did it. Kobe did it. LeBron did it. Kobe, Kobe, Kobe did do it. Uh, But I I think Ronaldo will be wearing the seven. And I might buy a jersey for the first time in about eight years. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm not a massive fan of this year's jersey is the only issue, but... I might I might get the uh, alternate kit that they rocked up in week two, that blue, blue and yellow thing. Yellow shorts <laughs> for Manchester. <laughs> Jesus. They look like a scrubby, oh. like, mid-table Huddersfield or something. Have some <laughs> goddamn respect about yourself. They look like Parramatta. Like right? this Swedish architect. That was real hip and, you know, <laughs> something a bit out there doing Sweden's away kit. And yeah. then, and Manchester United locked up in it. Looks like a good idea. Self respect. Yeah. So I might get one of those on uh, on Facebook Marketplace. Free <laughs> to a good home. <laughs> Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he comes back, he'll score. 30 goals this year, um, and United will go undefeated, so that's good. Yeah. Well, my question to you is going to be, we think City's going to win the comp. Uh, can they no, they won't. United will win the comp. I'm very confident. I was confident before this signing that United win the comp. And I sound ridiculous. I sound silly. United are winning the league. Jim, you know, you know what's great? When you go on your Western Bulldogs rants and I think, God, this sounds ridiculous. But then we have two United fans in here and I go, <laughs> Yes, yes, ham it up. R- Ronaldo Ballon d'Or, United do a three-peat, 1998, eat your heart out. I get the Cristiano Ronaldo away kit, number 26. Yep. And-, <laughs> <laughs> and we're good. Exactly right. Uh, Ravens win, Bulldogs win, <laughs> no, United no. win, uh, Lakers, Yankees. Too, too many tattoos there. Storm. Uh, for you. Oh, fat ass! I've got plenty of plenty of landscape on there. It's gonna be a big year for tattoo artists. Any tattoo artists out there want to sponsor the Esky? My ass is is here for branding. (laughs) In some other footy news, um, so Man City uh, beat Arsenal five nothing. Arsenal are dead last, which is probably excellent for everyone that's not an Arsenal fan. Well, the, fir- the first time in history, apparently, that the Spurs have been top of the ladder and Arsenal have been bottom of the ladder at the end of a ever uh, APL round. So take that as you will, uh, North Londoners. And of course, that season's only just kicked off. They're only three rounds in, um, with the fourth to come up on the weekend. Finishes up. Let's talk about some Paralympics. Um, perhaps I think you probably put this note in. What are your thoughts on uh, the pay for Australian medalists? Fast. The Olympics is a fast as it is in terms of uh, the athletes getting looked after financially. But I read this this week, boys. Uh, Australia, we we give money to to podium finishers in the able-bodied Olympics. Twenty grand for a gold, ten for a silver, five for a bronze. 
You know how much we cough up for our Paralympians? That that medal? Big donut. Donut. Donut, donut, donut. For the amount that we spend uh, in terms of, you know, programs for able-bodied or or, um, or or Paralympians to get to the Olympics, I think the least we could do would be all would be cough up a few dollars uh, for 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 those making the podium. Absolute farce in in the in the financial side of things. Outside of that, the Aussie athletes been killing it. Uh, I was watching a backstroke the other day, mm-hmm. and how's this? Fifty uh, f- uh, meter backstroke. Uh, the the Chinese athletes went one two three, and the Chinese athlete that broke his own record won. By by a length, and he's got no arms. He 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 just he just kicks, just kicks, just kicks. He touches touches the pad with his head, and he smashed his own record. So boys, I tell you what, and I said it last week. If you ever feeling a bit lazy, oh, I might sleep in, oh, I might skip today. Fuck off. Go get about it. Go lift some weights. Go for a run. Do what you can do. And um, it's yeah, it's really inspirational to see. Oh, it definitely is inspirational, yeah. Thank you for that, Peppy. And with that, I think that wraps up the show for this week. Um, there's still a huge amount of sports. India taking on England uh, comes up in the, the the next couple of days for that, uh, what was it, fourth test? Yep. Uh, of course, we've got all the rounds of footy, as mentioned. Heaps of sport going on. We'll cover it all again next week. Um, if you enjoy this content, please consider subscribing. Hit us up on socials. We've got Twitter, Instagram, the lot. Um, as always, thank you, boys, for coming along. It's been a great to chat and to chat sports. Um, thank you, always. Back, you got a thought? Number one? Wait, no, 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 I was just um, throwing up the horns. Do you want me to go, go United, go Dogs, go Storm? Um, Yankees play tomorrow against the Angels. Um, <laughs> go Devils. Yeah. Actually, Good to have you back, Mac Attack. Thanks um, for having me, man. It's been great to get back yeah. around it, talk a bit of sport, talk a bit of shit. Got my ass cheeks out. That's the first on the SD. Yeah, so, uh, might be able to screenshot that and uh, and bring it to life. <laughs> well, it's better than my head, so please do. We might get some more followers. Uh, it looks like we'll if someone put do. two of your heads in an onion bag and put a mix <laughs> in. <laughs> I shave, though, so like, that's how you can tell the difference. Yeah. One's hairy, one's not. <laughs> which no, one's thanks, which? Boys. It's great. It's great. It's great to talk to you, boys. I hope isolation is treating you well. And, um, Possibly, possibly in the next few weeks, we might be able to meet up uh, depending on what happens with the rules here. Get back around the table. Enjoy the weekend. Um, Playoffs galore, finals, final rounds, um, and the NFL just around the corner. Can't wait, boys. You beauty. Thanks, boys. Thank you all. See you later. Bye. Bye.